Hello, Chomp Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will become excited at all of the new games and consoles coming out, ending up purchasing more than you should. This will in turn lead you to playing an inordinate amount of games, neglecting your family and friends. Soon, the dishes will be piling up in the sink as you order more takeout from Uber Eats, not a sponsor. Your colon will beg you to release the shit that you have been prairie dogging for three hours as you attempt to beat the boss you have been stuck on. If this is your first time being here, I want to say a big welcome and thank you for checking out the show. We love getting new ears on the show, and if you haven't already and want to get more content from us, if you could hit the subscribe button, and I don't know how you wouldn't want to after that amazing intro, that would help us out as we continue to get the Sword Chomp name out there. Good people of the world, we had an unexpected console announcement this week as we were told about the new Steam Deck, a portable console from Valve that will be released in December. We decided to make that our topic this week. How excited are we for this announcement, and does this console pose a threat to the other consoles? We also have listener comments and opinions from you regarding the topic. We're also going to be discussing some games, of course. Neo, The World Ends With You, the demo, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, Ender Lilies, Weaving Tides, and The Chameleon. And as per usual, we have some social media polls to get to that were voted on by you, the listeners. And those had to deal with subjects such as Ghostwire Tokyo Delay, game collecting, arguing about video games, trophies and achievements, nightmare creatures, what the hell is that, listening to new music and working remotely. We have heaps to get to, guys, and I can't be more excited to get into it. But first... Today I am joined by a man that once bought 20 pizzas from Little Caesars and threw slices all over New York City to attract the rats out of hiding. Once he caught them, he set them free in the White House with one plan in mind. To summon Durga in hopes of finally creating a state of equity in the U.S. However, once the rats infiltrated the White House, they were devoured by the ghouls, (coughs) excuse me, the politicians residing in there. The editor himself, a.k.a. Mr. Rat Tamer, Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing today? I wouldn't be caught dead in a Little Caesars, and I don't appreciate the sentiment. I knew, I I knew mean, that was going to, like, out of all rats, of that awesome The rats intro, are too high class for that. Yeah. yeah that, I knew that was going to be your focus. New York rats don't eat that garbage. Yeah, you could, you could maybe, maybe, you know, Pied Piper some New Jersey rats with some Little Caesars. That's why... But- that's why that's why Little Caesar's slogan is hot and ready. But is it good? It's hot and it's ready. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Rich. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you ready. saw. DiGiorno was asking on Twitter for new, uh, new suggestions for their yeah, slogan. I suggested get fucked. Mm, I suggested like... it's pizza? <laughs> with, with two sets of quotation marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Negating the first product. one because DiGiorno's is delicious and I will not stand for this. You don't have to. Pizza. You can just pop it in I, your oven and, and sit on your ass while it uh, my, while it cooks. 
My friend Vinny and I always had this long-running joke that only we found funny, where, like, the entire premise of the setup is, like, you pr really poorly prepare a DiGiorno pizza, and then you serve it to someone, and they're like, what the fuck is this? It's disgusting. You're like, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno! <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's clearly not delivery, this is absolute trash, no one said that was the case. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't get it, like, I don't get why people want to slander pizza. Pizza, like... It's very rare that I've had disgusting Because you can do pizza. it wrong, and a lot of you do. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, pizza's almost always delicious. That's I, the great thing about pizza. It's I, so versatile. I, I it's so hard to Normally, I'd fuck agree with you. Up. It's pretty easy to fuck pizza up. I live in the north now. The north in the Midwest, it's mostly fucked here. Because, like... We're far enough outside Chicago that you don't get Chicago style, which is not really pizza, but it's good. It's a lasagna. It's a lasagna. Let's be real. But everyone else around here is like, oh, man, we need that really sweet, really thick sauce on everything. And then they try to make a normal and pizza with I'm like, with stay it. away from my kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, you can't make a normal pizza with that stuff. But, uh, but they try around here. I'm telling you guys, you don't know what fucked up pizza is until you live in another country that doesn't specialize mm. in pizza. Like, you've never, you've never had the disgusting combinations mm -hmm. of pizza that they make in Japan, or the half-ass pizza that Domino's attempts to make in Australia, which is basically fucking. How TV is that different than pizza, the half-ass like pizza they try to make here? <laughs> well, I'm telling you right in now, America, I would take they have little to compete Caesar, with DiGiorno. Little Caesars. Over 95% of the pizza that I ate in Australia, I had one good pizza for the five months that I lived there. One. And let me tell you, mm. I ate a lot of pizza there in hopes that I would find good pizza. And in Japan... You gotta be one of these. One of, one like of a, these has to have pizza. You're like a lab rat right. that can't be trained. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps coming back. What is wrong with this man? But no. Um, Rich, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you were here to slam pizza. No, actually, I'm not glad about that, but... I'm going to pretend, just for the sake of uh, moving this, this bit along and moving on to the next guest. Well, he's not a guest. The next host that I'm going to be introducing, as I'm joined by the man who created a submarine capable of descending into the bottom of the Marianas Trench in hopes to find the lost city of Atlantis when he reached the bottom. He discovered a secret society of hybrid aquatic humans that built a city made from pearls. He also discovered their penises were unbelievably short due to the high levels of pressure. He became coveted by the aquatic humans and spent a full year being a sex icon before returning to the surface. Back from the depths, leaving his hundreds in, in of fairness, illegitimate children behind. Mr. Josh Fowler is here. Josh, how are you doing today, Big Daddy? Illegitimate is strong. Um, and, and in fairness, <laughs> like, their penises aren't that small. Like, and, you know, with the, with the pref, you know, pressure difference, if they came up to the surface, they'd be fairly large before they exploded. They, they would, like... Like they're kind of like coiled back. Like I imagined, mm -hmm. uh, I imagine like Data in the Goonies, his little fist contraption. It's like spring loaded as they come to the surface. Their mm -hmm. cocks, yeah, spring sort of or a, however, whatever. Sort of a rock'em sock'em penis. Boing, boing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if that's how penises got boners? It's not like the little 
slow blood flow to extension. Yeah, but, but more like the, the head inside the head of the alien. It's coming right yeah. out of the mouth there. It's like, oh, that would it. be great. Mm. That would be great. We the human race wouldn't have survived. Like, you know, it's easy to slam the aesthetic of the penis because it's not the greatest looking thing in the world. But to you know, it have could a have been so much worse. Experiment. Yeah, it could have been so much worse. <laughs> it could have been so much worse. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad they decided not to go with the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a tongue that comes out of the urethra. <laughs> oh, I hate this show. <laughs> You're the one who brought that up, Rich. Yeah, but you, you, you kept painting the visual. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> taint. But the visual is already tainted. <laughs> but no, Josh, how you doing, buddy? How was your week? Pretty good, pretty good. I've been uh, finishing up a bunch of games for the most part. I uh, only have a few new ones to talk about here, but uh, I finished up three, four other games that we've kind of talked about earlier on. Just, uh, yeah, just knocking them out. Stuff I was, you know, apparently closer to finishing than I realized. That's that's awesome, though. I mean, like, you're just plugging away at that backlog. Mhm. I so like I have a quick question for you. Have you gotten a Gatorship or Gatorade sponsorship this week by chance? No, it'd be nice. I I mean like coming back from the ocean, I mean fucking as much as you have been, you've probably had to really chug those Gatorades for the electrolytes. I imagine that at this point you've probably it's, funded it's Gatorade for the It's hard to sell year. salt water in the ocean. I guess is the and that's just not really their market. They say the best flavor for sex is glacier blue. Hmm. Do they? Uh, wh- they wh- do. Who's they and why? The Council of Gatorade. And oh, why. oh, you mean internal documents? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It says best flavor for voted best flavor for fucking. They were gonna put that on the bottle for a while. Hmm. Hmm. I, I have I have a joke here, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I think that's a little too inappropriate. Um, I'll type it. Really, later we just talked about urethras It'll and be dick. Pa- your like tongue urethras. Trust me, Rich. You know what? Fuck it. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. Oh, Josh, goodness. be ready to edit this out because it's definitely not going in the main show. It cannot go in the main show. Josh, please edit. I'm I'm begging you. Please edit this part out. Chug, 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 chug. Yeah, I'm going to need more beer. This is... I was not prepared for this. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for a few seconds of silence so that you have a good cutting point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Segways are weird. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, Josh. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Gatorade is sponsored for... Are they are uh, getting their bills paid by you for the next X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just get into the show right away. Let's get into the topic and whatnot. So, yeah, I was surprised. I woke up the other morning and a brand new, a brand new console was announced. And I was really surprised by that. I, I did not expect that. And I don't think you guys did either. So, like, I, I hop online, look, and lo and behold steam valve valve is releasing a steam deck which is a portable console where you can basically upload your own os 
and you can play all your Steam games. And they're coming out with three different versions, a 64 uh, gigabyte, a 256 gigabyte, and is it 512 is the other one? two. You can do it. Numbers are hard. I can't do numbers, guys. But really, I, I I forgot the numbers. I forgot the numbers. Let me look real quick. Let me be professional and look them up real quick. I wrote them down. 512. I'm sorry. Two more seconds. 256. Oh, I did have it right. You fuckers left me hanging. 512 gigabytes. The 64 gigabytes. I said it like three times. I ignored you. The lag's working the other way around 256 gigs at 529. 512 gigs at 649. Um... What's cool about this console is if you purchase any one of them, you get like different little add-on things. So if you purchase any of them, any three versions, you get a carrying case for free, um, and you also get some additional accessories. The higher, the the more expensive console that you buy, which is pretty cool, I thought. Um, it has an external SD card um, slot, so you can add more storage to it. There are a lot of specs um, that you can look at online. Um, I'm sure we're going to kind of get into that here a little bit in the discussion, but really cool announcement. I was immediately like going over the possibilities in my mind and I couldn't wait to talk about this with you guys. Actually, it's, it's rare that when something like this is announced that I want to talk about it on the show, uh, just because like, I'm, I'm not the type of guy who really gets into like the super mega hype of something current, but this was an exception. For sure. So I'm really excited to break into this with you guys. So uh, when you guys first saw that announcement, what were your initial impressions? And I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you first, Rich. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be super disappointed with this is because with, with this because they don't quite understand what it is. Um, <laughs> is kind of my first takeaway. Uh, it's not something I'm clamoring to get my hands on, but I, I will probably try and get one at some point. I, I'm less interested in the aspect of the idea of playing modern games on it, mostly because, especially by the time this thing drops, I don't really think this thing is spec to be like super beautifully running a lot of modern stuff. Um, and it'll be neat to play some Steam games on it and stuff like that, but the possibilities of what you could do by loading in your own OS and sort of just treating this as a, a compact little PC, uh, emulation possibility of running emulation on it like this thing could yeah. pretty safely run up to like 360 era stuff and emulation which is a really cool like like very cool prospect uh hilariously enough i was actually talking to ray about this the other night and we both kind of agreed there's actually two camps of people that are very distinctly different that are going to absolutely get the most this thing has to offer and those people are people who want to do emulation and people who play a lot of visual novels <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, I, that's the uh, the main thing to me is I don't. I think a lot of people, without digging too much into it, people who mostly play on consoles and don't worry about PC specs at any point, are going to assume this is powerful enough to do a lot of modern stuff, and are going to be pretty disappointed with the performance. Yeah, yeah. I was from I was talking to Shay about this earlier in the week, but uh, it is ballpark. Uh, last gen specs, sort of, sort of along the lines of uh, the Switch when it came out. It's ballpark, the gen before last. Um, just kind of not modern, but modern enough that it's not 
instantly outdated for, you know, a lot of purposes. But it's not cutting edge, yeah. It's not cutting edge. We're we're talking around a PS4. Um upside of that, because you've got a smaller screen on there, uh it's it's not full 1080p, so having that, you know, that amount of power running something in it's not 720 either. It's some it, it's something weird. It's like a it's a it's a 16 by 10 screen on there which which doesn't make sense to me. I love 16 by 10 cuz I'm a weirdo and also it's great for productivity, but this this thing specifically made for games. Why did why did they make the screen taller? Um It's a great question that we will likely never get the answer to. Yeah, um it's just it's it doesn't a lot of games poorly support different aspect ratios it's uh, it seems like the wrong yeah. call um your scientists were too busy uh wondering whether or not they could they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should i think they've got enough weirdos over there like me who like the taller screens for computers they're like oh yeah we're totally gonna make that the aspect ratio for a handheld not thinking how much of an issue it is for games a lot of the time um yeah but anyway like it, it does a fine job like it's it's not super cutting edge, but it's it's just like the next generation ahead of the Switch currently. It's like if the Switch totally. were made now, they'd probably, you know, ballpark it around the PS4. Um, so. And remember, the first thing you kids should do when you get yours is up, like, load it with Windows instead of the Steam OS, and then launch a game on the uh, the Epic Store just to stick it to Valve. <laughs> Well, from what I was looking at, it seems it's capable of dual booting, so you can leave the the Steam OS on it and then have an option for boot up, um, which is cool. it's great. It's it's it, they've thought this through. It seems like they they understand people jailbreak stuff enough of the time that if they just support it from the beginning, it makes everyone's life infinitely easier. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're like. This is a gaming PC. It's it's like a it's like a mini gaming, you know, handheld PC deal. Yeah. Like it it makes more sense to make it more flexible. Um Yeah, like I think they're doing a lot of good things that are not standard and a lot of people aren't going to get anything out of it. But like it's still cool. It's a cool piece of hardware for sure. Mm-hmm. I I think it's like obviously you guys were saying this privately and I'm sure some other people have kind of come to this conclusion. Um, my initial impressions were like, fuck, this is like, this is a, ja- a game changer. Like initially my first impressions and the more I kind of thought about it as well as kind of talking to you guys about some of the, some of the specs and what it meant, what it means and whatnot. I realized that, well, this is not going to be able to play the newest of new, like the highest of quality games, like the, well, the games that are actually maximizing uh, what the PS5 and Xbox Series X can do, which is, we're not quite there yet, I don't think, but obviously, you yeah. know what I mean, like the top-of-the-line stuff being released on that. This console is not going to be able to play that, obviously. Um, well, yes, so, yes, but in the PC space, there's a whole lot more room because they, they understand people have wildly different specs, and so a lot yes. of times the lower end is supported significantly more on PC games. So like a lot of these could be playable. They're just they're not they going to look anywhere near the same. They they're not going to run as as well as they could. But, like com- yeah. compromised versions of a lot of these games will probably exist yeah. on this thing. Yes. Right. And I think 
I think you guys are right in terms of like a lot of people are not going to realize exactly what what this console can do and that's including myself i was asking you guys questions privately about certain aspects of the console because i don't understand enough about pc gaming and i guarantee you that there are people out there that are um more into the the look of the game like does it look like a brand new um game in 2021 like the highest definition of graphics um we know people like that and um some people are going to focus on that, but we also know a lot of people that focus on um, portability as well. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people in our community are very much focused on portability, and I myself am fo- focused on portability. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a struggle for me to carve out time to play games on my console or on my PC nowadays, and that's why I'm so thankful for my Switch. And if I can play a lot of new games... Um, on the Switch, even if they're not like the highest of quality versions of them, that's going to be such a big game changer for me. And I feel like that's going to be yeah. the same for a lot of a lot of other people. And when I when I heard about this console, I was like, well, yeah, it might not necessarily be able to be the highest quality of the brand new games, but there's still so many more games you can play on this. I mean, well, basically it- anything that's not first party exclusive on PlayStation or that's not first party exclusive on Nintendo you're going to be able to play. And that's so huge. Um like it's it's the console that essentially is going to have the most games available to it. And it's going to be portable on top of that, which is so fucking big. I still think like it's going to be huge um, and obviously it looks like it's going directly after the Switch um with its portability and I know a lot of people are kind of half memeing half serious about the parallels between uh the switch and this being the this steam deck being the actual quote-unquote switch pro um i know it's like half joking and half serious but even if the specs are widely similar in a lot of regards i still think that this will have uh, a potential it's, it's, to have yeah, a leg it's, it's up. A, it's there's a difference. It's they're definitely. I, I don't think it's going to eat the if, switch's If lunch there or is like a that. Switch Pro that is literally identical specs, I'm going to want both of them. Is kind of because you can't play Metroid yeah. on this. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. Like it, I it, like, it, I think that's the only thing that's really protecting Nintendo right now, though, is. Um, it's first party exclusives, which I mean, though they're very good and incredible first party exclusive, which is why that's always been the case with them, though. And I, I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 I would kinda... disagree. I would disagree with that statement when you look at something like Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Like, as much as I am obsessed with the Genesis, and I, I still think it's my favorite system. I mean, I objectively look at between that and the and the Super Nintendo and um, there was a war there, and then obviously between the N64 and the PS1, I think that there was a conversation there for that where it wasn't just about first-party exclusives. But now I think they've kind of realized that they don't want to have a name in the arms race, so they just do their own thing. But it's kind of cool to see a company be like, well, let's go after Nintendo. They They haven't had any pressure on them for years, and maybe that's not necessarily the number one goal behind valve and creating the system but it it definitely seems like one of their goals and that's really interesting and i think that poses um it bodes well for us as gamers because nintendo hasn't really had that much of a challenge to their throne in recent years in terms of what they do 
And while Nintendo is always innovating, and I don't want to just sit here and talk about Nintendo, obviously, but I know it's just something that a lot of people are talking about, so we do need to give it some airtime. Um, while they're still continuing to do innovative things, I mean, you look at their consoles and it feels like the tech is always behind. It kind of feels like when you buy the brand new Apple phone, uh, which is like at this premium price, but the technology is always behind um, some of the other new releases. Granted, you are getting unique features through Apple and you can argue that Apple is the best. I'm not here to argue anything like that. Same with the Nintendo versus other consoles kind of thing. But the tech is always a little bit behind. So maybe something like this will cause Nintendo to have to innovate even further. And that's what I think is the most, one of the most exciting prospects of this for me. Um, I'll let you guys jump in there. I've been talking a lot. I apologize. I, I just don't think it's, it's that much of a competition, honestly. I don't think there's a huge margin of people that are buying this instead of buying a Switch. Um because I, I think yeah. it's less about going after Nintendo. It's just that tech is cool, and I think we're going to see a lot of people chasing that there, there's uh, been, going forward. There's been a, like a trickle of these PC handhelds over the last few years. Like the NVIDIA Shield and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, with people and... attempting to do the same thing. But it seems like they are also trying to make money off the systems, which, like... Looking at the specs and what they're giving here, um, I, I don't think they're taking a massive hit, but it definitely seems like Steam are trying to get more people interested in their platform um, with something like this. Because PC gaming, like you said, is not as approachable, and having something that is an easy way in to starting having... A big Steam game library, which is the a, same some, mindset as the Steam box. Yes, which failed. Yeah, I mean it worked well enough, but it never. The issue with the Steam box is that it it was not a new market. Like it yeah. was, it was you have to be a PC gamer already. And hey, what if you want to play this on your big TV? I'm like, well, that, isn't that what an HD mic cord is for? Yeah, or but, I'll get your much more affordable yeah like, device that lets you stream it. Yeah, like, it's it's an interesting idea. Like, I used it because it was a better way to, you know, I had my whole house networked up, but didn't want to run a cable for, you know, 50 yards or whatever. So it had a use for me, but for most people, it was a useless machine. Um, I feel you, like you this... You did have a Steam box? Yeah, I still have one. I mean, or it's I, not I a Steam box. I have a... a oh, no, that's what I'm I have a Steam, Steam link. I have a Steam Link. I'm talking about the Steam Box. I'm talking about their console. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, don't, I never got a Steam Box. I got a Steam Link, which is... Yeah, I have a Steam Link. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the other one, but anyway, it's... E even the Steam Box it was not... It was not as plug-and-play as, as something like this. I mean, we can look at a lot of what Valve has done, and they haven't put out the greatest of tech surrounding their service i mean there have been some hits but a lot of, a lot more of it has been missed so obviously that's kind of a a cause for concern there when you're considering like this seems like an amazing new console the the possibilities seem near limitless and there's a ton of potential here but you also look at the track record and you're like well let's pump the brakes a time a little bit you know and i can understand that feeling um yeah. to be honest well, with you I think it has less to do with the success of them than it has to do with their support of them. Because, like, I, 
like I'm pretty sure recently they stopped updating the Steam Link altogether. I I, I don't know their current support level in the box, but I'm sure it's similar. Like it's just they like to drop hardware the way Google drops software. Is like you know like oh no hey, we, hey, we, we just also does that with hardware. Yeah yeah there's there's that too. But um you guys remember Google Glass? Hell yeah, Every what? remembers. I remember when we were all Saiyans. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, but I, one thing I do want to say is I have seen online, like acquaintances and friends, a fair amount of people being like, I was thinking about getting the Switch uh, Pro or the OLED version mm-hmm. model, whatever you want to call it, but I'm actually going to get the Steam Deck. Um, not, and not to bring it back around, I just wanted to mention that one point because we were talking about yeah. it a little bit earlier. There are yeah. people out there who are going out of their way to mention that, which is interesting, which is interesting, but I, I mean, I think yeah, we talked I think, about, I think for the money, yeah, if you have a switch, it makes more sense to get this if it's just like, oh, I just want like, yeah. you know, cause honestly I've been considering getting one because as many people as we have who game in the house, it would be great to have another switch. Um, so just having an extra switch has its own value. Um, yeah. but like it's not that much of an upgrade as far as like, but it's, if you're going to get another one anyway, that's the one I yes, would get. Yes. Get, get yeah. that one is kind of where it's at. Um, yeah, I mean like for families kind of like you guys last year, well more so you, Josh, where you were dealing with the whole animal crossing debacle. Like things like that, it makes sense when you have multiple mm-hmm. children in the house and it, it they want to play both want to play single player games. Then yes, it makes sense to get a separate switch in the house. Um, a lot of those games are more all age friendly, which makes a lot of sense. But I mean, if you're like me or you're like Rich, you're a single gamer, then yeah, that um that makes more sense. I feel like at this point because Rich and I both already own switches. Ours are in good condition a great condition yeah might as yeah. well look at the stream or the steam deck at this point yeah and again like so. i think kind of like i was saying before for for the investment you're you're getting a decent little pc there like it's it yeah. is it is well priced for what you're getting it's not outstanding but it's like compared to anything else you're getting you know pre-built like box PC sort of thing. It's it is it is really good for the money. I mean, it's it's great for the like the businessman who travels because obviously, um, you have people who are who are constantly on their laptops and shit. And I can tell you right now, mm-hmm. having traveled to and from Japan multiple times, that to pull out my laptop, find a place to plug it in, set up a decent enough. Uh, USB mouse and find an area to try and do all this gaming on is kind of a pain in the ass when you're in an airport. But if I have this thing that acts as a PC, but it's mainly for gaming that I can just hold in my hands like a switch, that's so much more comfortable. And I I know for some people, especially like businessmen, they're probably going to be worried about the appearance of playing on something that looks like a fucking video game system for sure. I mean, that's something you got to consider, but I think it's also cool. No, that is something because like, I think even for gamers, this thing is ugly as sin. This is one of the most hideous consoles I've ever seen. But also, I don't care. And I'm using it exclusively to play Honey Pop in airports. Yeah. Like, because, I don't know. Like, I, I like their weird trackpads and stuff. And I kind of like the idea of having A, a trackpad, and B, just a touchscreen on it. I'm an advocate it. of the Steam controller. 
Yeah. Um, that thing's neato burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I know this, some people... This looks like an evolution of that in a yeah, lot of ways. Some people so. were talking about the concern of the button layout, which I could understand because, it, like, the Switch is, like, very different. The little uh, Joy-Cons mm-hmm. are very different to what this looks like. You have the little uh, trackpad underneath the right uh, joystick, and then to the right of mm-hmm. that joystick immediately are the buttons. So. It, like it's, everything's really high up on that area as well. It's not the best um, layout. So it, it is not, but it'll it'll be in theory it's not the best layout. It's going to be different to play. Obviously, we adapted to the N64 gonna, controllers, so I say that we can pretty much adapt to anything, but it's going to it's going to really depend the the thing about that though is I'm sure it is going to be 100% remappable and like I've They've shown off the right trackpad. I assume that thing on the left is also another trackpad. For lefties, presumably, yeah. I um, guess. So there's got to be a million ways you can map this thing. They also have the normal shoulder buttons as well as two paddle buttons on the back. That You could probably get by without ever using those ABXY buttons. Yeah, that's the thing. When I think about how mappable and customizable um, the Steam controller was, I'm sure that same level of mappability is in here, and that's something to that's something I can definitely appreciate because you could just set it up on what is most comfortable for you, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. I, I, I still think like after talking with multiple people about this, talking with you guys about it, considering all aspects of it, I'm still really excited for this console. I, I. Obviously, I haven't pre-ordered it because you guys know me. I wait a little bit for consoles to kind of work out well, their initial you can't really pre-order issues. it yet. Yeah, I was talking to Rich about this the other day. Um, they're doing like a, uh, a production line on a car sort of pre-order system where you pay five dollars for the to get for a your spot place to in line. It. Currently, the place in line we were talking about December is when they're supposed to be doing the first production run, the first set of orders. Uh, I'm currently signed up for Q2 2022. Yeah, I ended up doing the same thing, uh, you did, Josh, after we talked, and I am in Q3. Yeah. So, um, Ray actually told me he is in Q1 of 2022, is what he was told. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, if five bucks is something you can part ways with... I'll eat with, the five bucks if I decide not to buy it at that time, is what I've... After talking to you, yes. I made the same decision. Yeah. So it's, which I kind of like for hopefully avoiding scalpers to the extent we've had with this last generation, which has been a complete train wreck. So I'm, I'm hoping this rollout is, I mean, obviously, oh. if, if they're already planning on having people waiting for half a year or more for their place in line, it's, it's not going to be smooth, but rest assured, smoother uh, than that. Rest assured, Josh, people are already selling their place in line for, like, $5,000. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a perfect system, but, like, it still feels, it's still, like, it's, I don't know. Even that, like, somehow, somehow selling a place in line feels, like, I don't know. Selling a concept It's not the greatest, like, yeah. It's not the greatest, but at least they're like you're saying. There's some efforts being made to to mm-hmm. stave off scalpers at this point because like some scalpers, effort, yes. have per- they've permeated 
everything. Like mm-hmm. I was talking with a friend the other day. I've been trying to um buy different shoes like because I like obviously I'm into basketball and the recent years that all these different colorways, all these different limited edition crossovers with shoes have been coming out. Um and I've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I was talking about it with a friend and scalpers have even permeated fashion yeah. uh really badly. Like they've they've permeated everything. And look, I mean it's the only way to make money I'm, in this in this capitalist hellscape. Like I'm gonna buy a thing yeah, yeah. and hope that somebody else wants it six months after I buy it because there's nothing right. I can do to get ahead of spice. Right, exactly, uh, exactly. So I mean like I'm I I think I think scalpers suck, but I think the system sucks more than the scalpers. But that's a conversation yeah. for a the completely system sucking is what makes the entirely. scalpers thrive. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. But I mean, anything to do to try and stave off scalpers is a win in my book. And yes, five dollars. My first suggestion is always that's fire. less than the price of a coffee at Starbucks at this point. So, what size coffee are you getting? Uh, venti. No, I'm just kidding. I could I don't, get out. I, I could get out of there for like three fifty. <laughs> you, know, you don't know what you're doing. Apparently not. I don't know what kind of pizza's good. I don't know what I'm doing in Starbucks. Mm. I, I guess. I guess, Rich. I guess you need to uh, uh, coach let, me, me on my life. Let me tell life. you something though. There, there's <laughs> no wrong order at Starbucks because there's no right order at Starbucks. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was, I was strong coffee. Quick I aside. Black. They're doing. They're doing this thing in Japan right now where they have these frappuccinos and each prefecture here gets a different flavor. And there's one that's neat. That's like what you guys encourage you to travel green? around, try them all yeah, during, during the a pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, like uh, there's one the that's like this watermelon. Frappuccino. I was like, oh, that sounds so fucking good because I love watermelon. And I know half of you out there are groaning like what the fuck, Shay. But I love watermelon. And we get red bean frappuccino. Red bean. Like, I like red that bean. sounds good. Yeah. It I sounds good, but when you compare the two, we're in the middle of summer. What's, what, what are you yeah. going to want to drink? Oh, red bean sounds like a great summer drink. No. Watermelon sounds like a great summer drink. Yes. So, I was yeah. really pissed about that. The timing's just not as good there. That sounds like a, like a late fall sort of thing. Yes. Yes. Or winter, because like that's when they do the red bean celebration mm-hmm. stuff. But, anyways, yeah. uh, off my soapbox, very quick soapbox. Um, <laughs> back to, back to the conversation at hand. No, I I'm I'm really excited for this console. I think it has a lot of potential. I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, reflecting on it a little bit more, I don't think it poses a major threat to the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. Like I think people are still going to be buying those consoles, and I think at yeah. this point they kind of they've kind of reached this like near mythic status because of how difficult it is to get a hold of one even people who have gotten a hold of one i still it's kind of i think it's like the demand is so high at this point because they've kind of um really really tightened how how to get one from the get-go that it's kind of at this mythic status whereas um coming at the switch a little bit because they have that oled model coming out i definitely think that this poses a threat to that to some degree um, the fact that the OLED model is coming out sooner than the Steam Deck is a little bit concerning as well, because obviously they would ideally want to get that out before Christmas because you have families who, 
who um and some children who are going to be in tune with this stuff and they're going to be asking for that but they're going to miss out on that crowd by not having it out before christmas so um i don't know i don't know how much we got to a place in line to order this yeah i don't know like i'm i have no idea where kids are in like pc gaming as a whole it like uh i don't know like i'm i'm curious i'm i i don't know i feel like it's a whole lot easier to be like oh i want that i want the playstation or whatever than like i don't know it just seems i could be completely wrong because kids are used to it they've been growing up with computers at this point so i don't know i just i it feels like an older person sort of I don't know. Thing my my, to me. my brother-in-law got my nephew a really expensive PC, and then he mm. asked me to look at it because something was wrong with it. And I was like, "Yeah, your kid's a dumbass. He bricked this." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It, it's. I think it's geared towards older audiences who kind of have more experience. But I also think younger generations are obviously more in touch with technology. That this might be. A console that's available to them or like not in terms of physically but they're able to understand it well enough and yeah so anyways let's read some comments from the listeners if you ever want to comment and on the topic of the show uh head chomp at sword chomp every thursday um usually i am posting the topic of the show for you guys and we got a lot of awesome comments that um, I, I was re- I was really excited to read. I was uh, responding to a lot of them. Very interesting points, and I think you interest. So, stage select start said I figured that there would be different HD sizes, but 64 gigabytes for three three ninety nine pricey, especially since some games require more space just to install. Yeah. I don't see this causing too great of an effect on console gaming and the long. Um, a, a commenter had mentioned the the SD card slot, um, and kind of changed this. Uh, comment. Yeah, I think like I saw that at first too. Like before, I saw the SD card slot. The sixty four gigs for four hundred dollars. That's oh, especially if you're downloading modern games. Like that's going to be eaten up so quickly. But if you have a external storage like an SD card, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, SD memory if well, if you're not buying you the really cheap really stuff. really big SD cards now, so it's Well, not, not just issue. big, but like the uh stuff specifically for video capture is extremely fast at this point. Like it's Yeah. SD cards are essentially as fast as an SSD if you get like the high-end you, stuff. If you're paying for the right one, yeah. Yeah. And to me, like it's less about being like, "Oh, 64 gigs isn't a lot for 399. It'd be like 399 is pretty good for what this machine is. Like I'm yes. surprised it's that cheap at any metric. Yeah, the the whole not being able to put some games on it. Yes, especially considering that like it's got one OS on it, which I'm sure is eating up some of that. And they're advertising it as like, hey, you want to dual boot this? Like sticking Windows I, on there is going to be a I whole do. lot of other storage. Like. The 64 gigs is going to be barely enough to handle both operating systems, if I had to yeah. guess. Um, Which is yeah. why I went for the middle tier, uh, for that reason specifically. Yeah, so like I understand like the hesitation there, but I, I do think this is going to be one of those things where like the, the onboard memory is going to be mostly system memory. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. It does feel weird yeah, three- feeling like you need to instantly get a, you know, accessories for something. But then again, I mean, we kind of did that with the Switch. The Switch also doesn't have a very good hard drive in it. It's not very big. It's Yeah, I pre-ordered like a big-ass SD card on launch day with that thing, I remember. Getting like that one terabyte SD card or whatever it was when they were coming out. Yep, yep, I've got... Yeah, yeah same thing, same thing. The, the only difference there, though, is that the Switch games are generally smaller than I think a lot of the modern games are, and also, like you guys said, yeah. the OS. Like, integrating an OS is going to be um, not super intensive, but it is going to be a little bit intensive, so... um. It remains to be seen if that 64 gig is kind of problematic in terms of storage. I guess we'll find out. But next comment was um, Lex Hit Reset said, I'm going to stay reserved about it. Cool to see competition, though. And I think, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like the sentiment I had. Like, I'm really excited to see. Um, hopefully we see Nintendo sweat a little bit and kind of up their game. Because I think that the OLED model was super underwhelming to a lot of people. Yeah. That hopefully I, this is like, all right, let's get our asses in gear. But I, I can also see them not sweating it because Nintendo doesn't really sweat shit. Yeah, like, it was still the highest selling console and has been permanently since it came out is kind of the no the thing with it. Like, why would they upgrade it? Why why would they go to the Switch no, this Pro? Month, there's, no, there's no reason for it. Um, no joke. This month, Xbox, the Xbox Series X overtook. It was the highest selling console. Finally, or not not July yeah, which, but June. Which is okay, okay but like, yeah, it's the but first. How many time. of those people bought it by accident when they thought it was another <laughs> console? But yeah, like it's it's been printing money for them. So like the the you know Nintendo has been doing the minor upgrade thing on all their handhelds forever. I mean, they, you got the Game Boy to the Game Boy Color. You got the Advance to the SP and also the Micro, which. Yeah, the micro, which is a great anyway, advancement. Like they, they, yeah, but but like the same thing with the like micro. they they keep doing this. They keep doing the minor upgrade sort of things. It's honestly be kind of weird that they didn't with the Wii and then the Wii U. Um, well, that's but I guess that's they what I'm saying. Handhelds, but that's well, that's what I'm saying here. I, yeah. I'm hoping that this console coming out, the Steam Deck, kind of puts the pressure on them to start doing a better job with this stuff. I don't think it up. will. Yeah, I like I don't think it's they haven't changed in 30 years. They're not going to start now. Well, I'm I I I'm 100% sure they already had a plan to do the exact same thing as with the Switch. The exact same thing that the Steam Deck just did with like, okay, let's just go a generation again uh, behind again. Like there's no way this isn't very very close to what they were planning with the you know the switch pro or whatever they end up calling the next actual generation it's got to be ballpark if nothing else um and the nintendo swap but, but like the only thing i can see this doing is that it po- slightly possibly pushing their timetable up a little bit like oh man if this thing's getting out we can't have it be out too far before us so like it i don't know we could end up seeing the next gen six months earlier because of this possibly I, I, well, but like that's, that's all that's i what i'm thinking and, and we'll like, never know one, the one of the reasons why i think that is because one of the biggest success stories of the switch has been them porting not only their games from the wii and the wii u that not a lot of people got to play onto the new consoles so people can play and it's portable but they've 
they've kind of become, we've talked about it, this Indian retro machine in some aspects where you can get all these games and you yeah. can just play them all on the fly. And it's essentially become like a mini Steam library um, in its in own In a lot of ways, right. yeah. But if, yeah. It, now that you actually have access to your Steam library, which all of us have been on a Steam summer sale and bought way more than we should have, and it sits there in our backlog and we're constantly complaining about our backlog... Be able to take to be able to take that wherever we go is fucking huge, and I like yes, yeah, like Switch is always going to do, or sorry, Nintendo is always going to do well with their first party titles, and that that's a given. But one of the big things of the Switch, like we just mentioned, is going to be challenged by this console that is comes from a platform notorious for you having a giant backlog in, and that's why I it think is absolutely it going to threaten like threaten their cut of these indie game sales because rich and i yes. have talked many times about buying a game on pc and like oh i should buy this on switch as well yeah if we just have it on the on the steam deck why would i buy a switch version we have it uh, yeah to go and on top and of that for yeah at home yeah and so i think and on that, top of that yeah if, it threatens if they allow threatens, like the, if they allow the family sharing on this this console like they do on the pc like how Josh and me and Rich all share each other's Steam or yeah Steam libraries, if that they allow that on this console, that's gonna be fucking huge. That's gonna be massive. Like that's like that's already cutting into the profit of the Switch. But on top of that, if we can share each other's games on a console and it's seamless or near seamless like it is on Steam on the PC, that's gonna even be a bigger dig at switch and how piss poor their online services are um to That's some degree actually the one thing that the switch actually does well is being able to have your library on more than one machine um they they screwed the pooch with that with a lot of their other handhelds but the switch is actually fairly easy to uh to have yeah. your library on more than one machine so it is, it is, but yeah. I just think that, that uh, Steam has it at the next level, is what I'm saying. Yes. Like that, that, that is unmatched at this point, so it's, it's a big prospect. I, I don't think that it poses a major threat to the Switch or Nintendo, but I definitely think it poses some level of a threat, so it's going to be exciting. It's something and, they're absolutely considering. It's... Yeah, and more competition is good. So, Noi Sakta mm -hmm. said, Yep, already seeing how this will cut into my PS5 Switch time. I have a vast Steam library, but never play any of the games because I don't like PC gaming. This will make PC gaming in line with console gaming. This is huge. And that's like one really big benefit about this console is it's the bridge. Be I think it's the best bridge between PC gaming and console gaming. I know we kind of talked about how the Xbox Series X was going to be that. I think this is even more so a good bridge between the two. Because it's it's an entry level PC that allows you to start understanding yeah. the customizability of these things, and you're uh, able to play your Steam library. I I don't know how custom. We'll we'll see. Like that. Like, uh, that remains to be seen. Yeah, it, yeah, it remains to be seen. They're showing that they're gonna have a dock and whatnot, which should be good to allow you to just you know hook up a keyboard and mouse to it and play it, just like it is a PC. Oh. Um, but, That's right. The, the 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 highest. Sorry, the five twelve gigabyte. That was one of the things you get a a keyboard gifted no, no. to you when you no, buy it no, that tier. No, no, you get it's. That's what it said. No, you get a virtual keyboard theme. 
A virtual keyboard, sorry. Which yeah, I'm imagining. <laughs> sorry. Because there isn't a keyboard on there. The touchscreen, you've got it's gotta have some sort of pop-up keyboard, but you probably get one that looks super cool because you paid extra for it and it's it's golden or some shit. I don't know. It's Who got horse cares? armor. Oh, do you think they'll have horse armor That's for this? True. Hopefully. I love horse armor. But um Yeah, yeah. But it looks like uh Hopefully, if that dock pans out well enough, it should be easy enough to just plug mouse and keyboard into it and kind of turn this more into a Switch, which it's currently not quite, but that would make it very similar. Um, For legal reasons, it's not. Yes. But, but also, no. that, that, like, that's, that's a, <clears throat> we're totally going to have this thing. There's not a date or anything for whenever that dot. The dragons is be are coming. Out, They're on so. their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an impress. Uh, Tony S said it's an impressive piece of tech, and with a vast number of games already in your Steam account, this is probably the best value bargain in gaming after Xbox All Access. Yeah, I would definitely say the game Xbox yeah. Game Pass is probably the best value at this current point in time. Uh, especially You'll be if able you to play the, Game Pass on the this ultimate. thing. Well, yeah, I'm. Yeah, if well, you install yes, Windows but, on it. Yes. But that I still think that this the Xbox uh, Game Pass is the best value, especially if you find it on sale. But I think yeah, this yeah. is the next best in terms, though, um, where you get you finally get access to your Steam library portably. So that's exciting. Mm. It's it's really exciting to be able to play a lot of those Steam games portably. I think, and not have to rebuy them on the Switch. Big Papa Stevens said, "Oddly enough, I'm a huge fan of the control layout." Super hyped about this. I have a lot of games on Steam that I haven't played because I just don't always have the time to isolate myself on my PC. So I got my reservation and I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it. And I think that's cool that like there are people that are actually excited about the control layout. I know a lot of people have been tepid on it. So it's cool to see some hype level of hype for that. Um because I mean the control is one of the th- controller is one of the things you don't really think about, but um I think it's really exciting. One of the things that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about with this that is one of my biggest questions, I had forgotten to mention this when we were talking about it, is the battery mm. life of this thing. I'm really concerned about the battery life. Same, honestly, given the specs they've shown us, this thing could tear through some batteries unless they've got a decent amount invested into running it. I mean, like, laptop batteries have gotten better? Like, it's, it's not an unsolvable problem, but I don't know. I've not heard any information about what the expected battery life is supposed to be on this. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to me that that would be a very useful number to have coming into a handheld PC. Is knowing how long it's supposed to last. Like, that's, that's listed on every laptop you ever look at. This... Right. Yeah. I think that is, I mean, like, obviously, and I had mentioned this um, in a comment from one of the commenters that I'm going to read here in a bit, but they were talk- um, this commenter was talking about all the various specs, and I'm sure a lot of people are very concerned about other various aspects. For me, my first concern when this kind of technology always comes out is, how long is the battery life? I'm always, like, that is my number one concern when I buy a smartphone, when yep. I buy wireless headphones, when I buy a, buy a laptop. When I bought my Switch, anything that I buy, 
my number one concern is battery life. I, I'm I'm that guy. I don't know why I'm that guy, but I'm always concerned about battery life. No, that's something uh, worth being concerned about. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm the type of guy that is like a high usage rate. Like with my my wireless headphones, my Jabra's. Um, I have the 85T Elites, and they have an amazing battery life. I had the 65T Elites, and I upgraded to the 85T Elites, and they have such fucking amazing battery life. I can run those and listen to them with heavy usage all and recharge them once a week. And that's, that's amazing. Whereas like, that's why when the switch I had waited for yeah. years on the switch for the better battery life model, um, it, it does, it's not a massive difference, but it is a difference, especially when it's enough, I it's, it's enough, especially when I'm playing on the train from work multiple days yeah. a week. And I kind of is... just leave the switch in my bag. Yeah. That is something I wouldn't worry too much about because like, it's easy enough to put a new battery in something, especially if if they are hopefully hopefully the like is as on board as they've been with like you know allowing you to put whatever OS you want on this machine right off the yeah. bat. Hopefully this is something that is easy enough to open up, replace parts. Um and, you know, if the battery's not great at launch, you know, upgrade the battery, hopefully, sometime down the line. Maybe it's, it's you know, it's not a, this machine is exactly what it's always going to be. I, I yeah. hope, anyway. Right. A lot of that's going to really yeah, and that's... be seen in the future. Like, we don't know, but I, I hope. I hope that's the direction they're going. Yeah, I, I hope that you're able to replace the battery. Like, that was one of my big concerns is, like, if it's somehow to where, like, a lot of the tech is, I doubt it would be this, but it's soldered on or it's incredibly difficult to replace some of those parts, yeah. then, yeah, this is going to make, it's yeah. it's going to be a I lot mean, more difficult, I think, for people to want to purchase this if it's, like, a short battery yeah, from, life, from what can't they, replace this in the future. From what they showed, like, you know, just, like, the 3D turnarounds of it, it seems like it's pretty easily accessible screws on the back of it it should be easy enough easy enough to pop open uh to fix stuff you don't you have to, to get on your ouija board and ask a demon if it's okay yeah or anything yeah at least from... do that anyway i'm lazy <laughs> <laughs> fair point um luke jonker one interesting name love it said it's so cool hope it runs as good as it seems when it comes out it runs the games natively right um so that's actually that's one of the things because I'm not in a big big into PC gaming. I had no idea what that meant, so I was asking these guys yesterday about it because I was like, I don't know what the fuck this means. Um, yeah. So I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, it's gonna I'll be let you game guys to explain game. a little bit more. Like we, we mentioned was... this before, a game running natively means that it's there's enough power in the machine to run it at the resolution of the display um which again this uh ballpark case case ballpark basis. ps4 game and i assume you're going to want it to run 60 frames because that's the result that's the refresh rate of the panel in there so it's like a 1280 by 800 panel i think or something it's it's around 720 so, some it's it's not it's, it might be just under or just it's 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 a weird number like it, it, it is Josh. a weird number but like it's getting that to run it at 60 frames that's doable with that that hardware 
um, for a lot of games that are out right now. Like nothing super high end, but it's it's doable. Basically anything indie, two D, or you know, not the most cutting edge should run just fine on this. Um, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, there you go. There's your and, breakdown. And if not, I'm guessing it'll be easy enough to tweak settings because, again, it looks like they're aiming. It's a PC. Like, they sh- I, I doubt they're going to be locking out settings, which is something consoles do all the time. They've gotten better in this last gen because they realize, yeah, a lot of people would much rather have a better frame rate. So let's give at least give that option. Yeah. You should at least have the option to turn down settings and get it to run well, if nothing else. So. Yeah. Right, right, right. It remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Our good buddy JSZ Yarto, Mr. Jeff, said, I'm so in, can't wait. And yeah, I got burned on my Alienware Steam machine and Valve controller, but man, this looks good and basically eats the Nintendo Switch's lunch. <laughs> Trying to be a little bit uh, inflammatory there, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, yeah, but I, yes, I, I, yeah but... I think that some people are a little more hyped. I mean, I think the Switch is going to be out half a year to a year before anyone actually gets a hold of this thing at this point. Yeah, the new so, like, the new OLED model. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's it. I, I think there's enough gap there that, like, honestly, I know I can't get mine until bare minimum Q2. Yeah. So, like, I I I don't even I don't know. Like, it's 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 a different budget that I'm working on for the two of them currently. Like I know totally. not yep. not everyone, yep. but for a lot of people, it's not going to be one or the other. Right, precisely. Yeah. Cameron Joe sixty six said it excites me very much and suits my needs. I will be getting the sixty four gigabytes one with a one terabyte micro SD card. This is such there a good deal go. for the price in comparison to competitors like the GPD Win, Aya Neo, and One X Player. Yeah, um, yeah. So we were going to talk about a lot of those portable gaming pc sort of deals yeah yeah exactly uh the ginger express said excited for this me too man uh the new dead (laughs) said i'd have to see some specs before getting hyped steam doesn't really have a great track record with this kind of stuff it looks very uncomfortable to hold also uh that's the last comment we have on there and yeah i could understand a lot of people are concerned right now um yeah because yeah, I mean there there are some specs online, but I don't think we have the full grasp or scope of everything that it's going to be doing. Most of it's point. there, but like we said, there's some key stuff missing, like battery life and and a few things like that. So like it's, um, and as far as the comfortability thing, uh, yes, like I said before, it looks ugly as sin, but also as someone who really likes the Steam controller. That thing looks like a nightmare and somehow is still comfortable to hold. I have to imagine this is a similar situation. The Steam Um, controller looks like a prop from the set of a sitcom where they asked them to design a video game controller. Yeah. But at the same time, it's real. It feels real good in your hand. Yeah, it does. Like, it's one of those things where nothing about it looks like it should work, and it does. So I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping with the track record of of their, you know, the Steam controller that this also is a similar sort of feel to it. Once we, get I hope our hands when you dock it. this yeah. thing, I can use the Steam controller with it. <laughs> You'd think so. I hope when I dock I'm sure, with you, I'm sure Rich, they'll at least support that because that's one of the few pieces of hardware they still do support pretty well. They've 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 
They've, yeah. They've, they've kept the support on that up pretty I well. I even got the the upgraded backing plate for that when they released it. When they Ooh. put out the new backing plate that has a place for you to store the uh, the dongle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, I, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, mine has, no, I don't have that one. I don't have that one. That's right. I will say that... I normally just shove it down concern. in the battery compartment. Whenever I, I just take the batteries out and just shove the dongle down in one of those. <laughs> I got a nice little compartment will, for it. Awesome. I will say, at first glance, the button layout doesn't look super com- comfortable. Um, but it remains to be seen. We'll see yeah. if it... It doesn't... It will yeah. play well. It doesn't, but also, kind of like we were saying earlier, if you just use those paddle buttons on the back... That's four more buttons. So if you just never want to use those face buttons, you can completely do that. If you just want to use paddles, but that's it's could be weird to get used to. But... It, yeah, it's gonna be a different sort of thing. It's you, you'll find some way to customize it that you'll like, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But those were all the comments. Um, if again, if you want to comment and leave a comment so that we can read it on the show at Thursday or on Thursday at Sorechomp Instagram, please leave your comment. We love to read them on the show and discuss them. It always prompts interesting aspects of the topic that we didn't necessarily think of ourselves or didn't cover. Um, you know, there's always a lot of ground to cover, so we always love reading those comments. So thank yeah. you to all the commenters. Um, appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a quick bathroom break, and don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about some games next. We have a lot of games to cover, so... We will be right back. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store dot swordjump dot com. You there, boy? What news? News, sir. New graphic designs over at store.swordjump.com! New graphic designs at store.swordjump.com. That's right, sir. My god. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those Swordjump boys have brought Christmas early. Aye, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordjump.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! Everyone, we are back. All right. Um, I don't know what the fuck that was. Huh. <laughs> trying to get myself hyped. Sorry, Taz. Like I would a two-year-old baby. That's not a baby. That's a toddler at that point. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I apparently did heaps of drugs when I went on break. Anyways, we're going to talk about some games right now. Um, recently, the Neo The World Ends With You demo dropped for the Switch. And... um. We decided that we were going to play it. It's uh, it's the second game. It's a sequel, and it's a very, very stylized game. Um, somebody in our Discord had mentioned that it has almost more style than Persona, and I don't know if I agree wrong, or disagree with that. Crazy. But man, does this game have a lot of style. Um, 
I'm going to actually open it to the floor to you, Rich, to talk about it first, because I know you have a lot more experience with um, the, the first game, and this is kind of your bag, so I'm going to let you open the floor with this. Sure. Um, it's, it's a pretty interesting demo. Uh, main thing I'm going to say is I, I enjoy it. Again, I agree. It's totally stylistic. It's cool to be back in this world again after all this time. Um, one thing you even said this Shay privately to us, and I wholeheartedly agree with it after playing this, I feel like a lot of people do not have experience with the first game. And this is very clearly a sequel. Um, and this demo makes that very, very fucking clear that it wants you to have played the original game. Yeah. I, I want to say like, so a little bit, I probably should have given a better preface of this. Basically what happens is you're kind of you're thrust into this very visually arresting, vibrant, uh, colorful game with some FMVs at the beginning and you kind of clicking through some dialogue. And you you and a friend, uh, teenage two teenage boys, are kind of deciding where you want to go eat. And what your friend gives you this, this, um, this pin, this metal-looking pin. And all the music is metal that's happening in the background, which is fucking awesome. And then um, as you guys are walking to go meet up with another friend who's using this augmented reality game app, you as the main character have this vision of something that's going to happen. And when you reach the place to where you saw this vision, the thing starts happening and your friend ends up getting crushed by a truck. Um, Somehow the main character rewinds time back and right before your friend is about to get crushed, you pull them away and you go in a different direction and you see this glowing light and you, uh, you as the main character run towards that light. Kenny will remember and this. And it basically is showing a different outcome, a different future that you just basically ran to. And you saved your friend. And suddenly these, this guy appears and starts telling you about what, what the hell just happened. Basically the pins that you have have given you powers, and you're now involved in this game. And you can do certain things with these pins. And so that, that's where the game kind of starts off at, and it comes into play because you can see sound. And when you see it, um, that initiates a battle, essentially. Um, from my very limited understanding, a limited amount of time I played with the demo, and it launches you into this really stylistic battle where you have multiple characters and each character does a different move, and that's mapped differently on the control pad. So maybe the A button uh, controls one of the characters and the X button controls another character, and they do different attacks, and you kind of have a stamina bar so you can't just mash, 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 mash because at some point you run out. And you can, of course, dodge the enemies and whatnot. So that's kind of like the very bare bones beginning of the game. Um, it's clear, basically, in essence, uh, that you are being launched into this virtual reality or augmented reality game that you don't really know anything about. And you kind of just have to f- find your way along um, playing this game. So pretty interesting uh so far i'm gonna throw it right back to you guys so you guys can comment a little bit more i wanted to give some kind of window into what this game is it's a very very yeah sure interesting start to the game yeah it's um it does enough to kind of bring people up to speed but also like if you play the original game you have a little bit more context for certain things and 
this game is is style and fucking anime shit like in in the same way the first one was like ma- my main point of going to it and even if you try the if you try the demo and you like it i'd recommend picking up the first game first yeah i don't know if you feel the same way josh yeah absolutely there's there is they they made a switch version of it yeah fairly um, recently that works well enough they've got a couple control schemes some of which work better than others i think it i don't know for my money it seemed like it worked best playing it with the touch screen just like the original that's how i played it also yeah i think it just for, yeah pretty was out of way the original was a, a ds game yes um and the the kind of the the you you were mentioning before how like the different pins can be assigned to different party members but they're they're each each pin is this is the button that this pin uses and you can't like double up on them and whatnot um they're kind of taking that from the original where each pin was like a different like stroke or uh, or with the, with the stylus, something yeah. something you're doing the stylus like okay like this one works by slashing at enemy this one works by tapping them or like specific slashes like okay this one you got to slash up from the ground to like make a spike a little bit, or whatever yeah it was a little um, bit more inventive but they had the room to be do crazy shit with the hardware yes yeah whereas this one it seems like they're kind of trying to take that idea of like um each thing having a specific input and you you know having options for we'll we'll see how deep it ends up getting when the game actually gets here because it's there's not a lot to it in this demo it's just kind of i have faith that they will do crazier shit with it though i yes same here like they even mentioned uh like during the you know the equipping tutorial thing that you'll eventually be able to uh you know do do similar things as like having modifiers to these commands so you can have like more than one of the same button mapped um right for for stuff yeah. i will um, say this i i want to say this is i never played the first one i've heard of it i'd never played it have zero experience with it coming into mm-hmm. this demo I didn't really know what to expect. I, I watched a quick video on it, um, and it looks super stylized. I didn't really know entirely what was going on. That the trailer for it was a little bit overwhelming because they had like the sound profile of it was pretty a pretty shitty trailer because of that. Because you had this metal music blasting. I sound like an old person, and I fucking love metal. But you have this metal music blasting, and you have people talking, and you're trying to listen to what they're saying over mm. the like the the fucking blasting of the metal music on top of that you have the audio effects like the, yeah 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 like going on in the background as well and you're like trying to make out what these characters are saying and these characters are like this time you're going to pay like it's like super anime like Rich is saying which i mean i enjoy but it's it was hard to listen but the gameplay looks so time, fascinating Tyler, you don't stand a ghost of a chance <laughs> shit like that yeah and um, so I didn't, I knew a little bit of what to expect. I didn't realize there were going to be so much FMVs and um, pressing through conversation early on, which yeah, isn't the end of the world. A, I mean, I, I've dealt with that with Fire Emblem. I'm used to it at this RPG, point. If they're, if they are, uh, if they are going to have, I imagine it's going to be in a similar vein. Like from what we've seen yeah. so far, it seems like it's going to, they're heading that direction. Lots bordering, of talking. Bordering on visual novel at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just this from, not the end from of the a, just kind of again, a lot of the story stuff that was really confusing 
if you have played the original, a lot of this is you know what's going on, but the character doesn't sort of stuff if if mm. you've played and, the first one. So I'm I'm curious how long they're going to continue with that thread before you're on the same page. Uh, yeah. Is, is and like how it's going to end up being framed. Um, that's kind of the impression I got as well. Obviously, uh, that's one of the things I was going to mention is not having played the original. I felt kind of helpless like the main character and his friend did like where he's like, what the hell is going on? And like the big guy on the one team is like, Oh, you're going to do this. And he's like using this weird jargon and lingo, uh, where it's like this throwback to nineties and this A lot of proper twenties like, lingo shit, mm-hmm. like mixed together. And I was like, I was trying to follow the threads and trying to understand it wasn't aggravating. I was just like, I don't really under- understand what's going on. I feel like I probably should, but I don't kind of thing i kind of got that impression i felt like that's probably There's... why that character explained things the way they did um or the way he did rather is that basically ha- had you played the first one you would kind of already know to some yeah. degree what's going on despite the characters not knowing so it... but because i never mm-hmm. played the original i felt very similar to the characters you were confused and you didn't know much and felt like you should so it was like the first 20 hours of final fantasy 13 <laughs> pretty much pretty much no but like there's enough there. I will say this as someone who never played the original, there's enough there for the story that if you're into anime style, like storytelling, yeah. then it, there's enough there to interest you. Like I'm interested. I definitely am going to play more of the demo. Um, I want to see what it's about. And I will say that the combat was really, really fun. I only did one battle. I battled three frogs, yeah. which the frogs were cute and I felt bad attacking the, them. Yeah. Uh... But it, the battle was the battle sequence was really really fun. It's very hectic. It's very frenetic. It's very fast paced. Um, it's yeah. not it's not too complex yet. Obviously, it's the very beginning of the game. But I really I really enjoyed I, that. And yeah, I, I want my you my some biggest spoilers, concern. But they're not they're not like they're not well, spoilers. Hold on, spoilers, hold, on but... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish what I was gonna say <laughs> real quick, okay. and then I'll let you jump in. The one thing I want to say is my biggest concern because I never played the original is that loop of a lot of FMV, a lot of button pressing through conversations, and the simplistic style of wandering around, going into battles, and mashing those buttons. I don't know how interesting that is going to be for something like an RPG, which usually those games are pretty long. So I don't know if that loop is going to be interesting going forward. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about is because you guys had played the original i'm sure the loop is going to be fairly similar does that hold interest through hours and hours of gameplay yes in the original sure in the original fairly different in terms of exit like what josh was talking about earlier how it was a lot of like stylus based stuff there was a little bit more to it yeah there were really complex ways in which you'd order where the pins were because there were also special rules with like which things would trigger when if you had very similar commands so you could like set up combos the way you wanted it was it was way more in depth than it looked like it was going to be um which i don't know how that's going to get on that front however from the little bit they have shown so far um the games have a really cool difficulty setting um where you constantly change the difficulty on the fly for different rewards because each pin drops from different difficulties and a lot of times you're specifically going for a certain pin or something or 
to to collect stuff to to you know build your build out your character the way you want to um okay. and you can i don't know if you noticed that there one of the one of the buttons was just to change the difficulty because you had there's i think there're four yeah. difficulty options that yes, are not are. open in the demo um but you can change the difficulty and then also on top of that to increase the drop rates of everything at that difficulty you can de-level yourself um to increase the drop rates which really lets you tune the game how you want and honestly the first game is amazing when you just play it at level one because stuff will kick your ass and it makes you really have to pay attention to dodging attacks and stuff like that and i'm kind of i have a very active combat system yes if they can replicate that again and it's going to be something special yes i have high hopes that the game will be tuned well enough to make you want to just play it at level one and have it be ridiculously tough everything will kill you but the rewards are great sort of a thing so like it's it's like a really glass cannon sort of a feel to it uh because the like you're not you're not making you know you're not making everything into bullet sponges because by doing that you get better rewards you'll have better equipment um better attacks right. and whatnot but you just you, you don't have any health um it makes for a really interesting okay. combat system. And a lot of times you can just, you know, you could grind that way if you want to. And if a boss is too hard, you level yourself back up, turn the difficulty down. You, you've got options. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like, that was one of the things that was a bummer about the demo is I couldn't play around with the difficulty settings, but obviously this is a demo. I expect that. And they mentioned at the beginning of the demo that the, the gameplay is going to be subject to change because obviously this is the demo and they're still working things out. So I imagine like some things will probably be fine tuned and whatnot, but yeah, like what you guys are talking about sounds really fascinating. It makes me a little bit more interested to actually play the original. So, um, I don't have really much more to say about the demo other than it was, it was fun. Like I only played probably about one hour of it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I definitely want to play more of it and it has me interested in the original game. Which is smart because, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to get, they'll probably get me, if I enjoy the demo throughout the entire thing, they'll probably get me to purchase two games just by playing that <laughs> one demo, which is really smart. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were talking about last week, actually, with uh, more companies should do more demos and whatnot. We've talked about that multiple times this year. It's a really smart thing because, like, I just, like you just heard what I said, I played one hour of a demo has me interested. I'm going to play more of the demo. If I like what I play, I'm going to purchase two games. Um, you think <laughs> about that Octopath Traveler Company strategy game that they put out that demo earlier this year. That strategy mm -hmm. game was really, really fun. So much so that I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm eventually going to pull the trigger on Octopath Traveler. And I most likely, if I end up really liking that game, I will end up purchasing the, their strategy guide or strategy game as well their tactics game as well. So you're not going to purchase the strategy game, huh? <laughs> Rich, you've given me enough shit this episode. I've had it. Oh, I'm not giving you shit. I'm giving Octopath Traveler shit. Oh, yeah. I'm, fuck them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, um, no, but yeah, demo's a great thing. This was a really fun demo. Um, if you're interested at all, hyper-stylized gameplay. Really, really fun demo. 
Um, yes, the intro is a little long winded, but it's trying to it's trying to do the tough balance of getting people into the game who didn't play the first one. Yeah. Um, while also well, doing some world building and providing some context to the characters. Yeah. And, and also it's like we said, it's super anime. So they're giving you like, they're introducing you to so many characters at the beginning. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll eventually know who all these people are. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 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 It's very similar yes. to an anime. Mm-hmm. Very similar. So anyways, let's move on to the next game. Rich, you played legend of heroes trails of cold steel. Speaking of anime, um, yeah, so, uh, like, I, I think two episodes at this point on when Ray was on, he was talking a little bit about uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3. That's so, right, he was. Yeah, he, he sort of gave everybody a rundown on, him and I have both been playing the Trails uh, series of games for a while, and I have just finished up the, the third Trails in the Sky game, which is sort of the first collection of games set in this universe. And, uh, okay. Now I've moved into Trails of Cold Steel, which I'm really digging, and I want to talk about it a little bit because it took me a while to get to this particular series, which the thing I, I very much like about this is it, it, they've built a fantasy world, and then they, they have different series that feature a lot of character crossover and stuff, but basically they're set in different countries in this existing fantasy world, whereas the Trails in the Sky series is uh, a turn-based JRPG set in this a small kingdom... Uh, where you are operating as a bracer, which is that universe's sort of like mercenary guild. Um, Cold Steel is set in a, a larger country called the Urbonian Empire, and same similar combat system, but you are in a uh, a military academy, and there's a lot more sort of like persona DNA in there, hmm. uh, down to like a social link system that lets you do combos with your party members. Uh, by spending time with your classmates on your off days and things like that. And just sort of builds out, like, an, an interesting political story as they sort of build, continue to build this world and show you different corners of it. And it is the most fucking anime bullshit in the world, but I, I'm really into it. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's sounds fascinating. And Josh, I'd like you to... Uh... Bring up your joke that you made before the show, if possible, because I was going to make an addendum joke here in a second, but uh, we need the context joke, if that's possible. Can you reenact your joke that you made about this game? The... Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh the, the Trails of Cold Steel game. It's, it's obviously a game about trains. It's all these trails uh, of cold steel. And again, I can confirm there are trains in it. You spend a lot of time on trains. I... I play card games on trains uh, with my anime children's. It's, uh, it's got trains. My, so my addendum question is, is the main character Thomas? No. Then I don't give a fuck. This is the prequel to the Doom Train. It's before, this is about he, before <laughs> he got that job. The this Final Fantasy VIII. Be- and, oh, yeah. and then got suplexed. Thomas is a title that is passed down. This is about how... <laughs> one man becomes Thomas. <laughs> it's a... Could you imagine that? How amazing would that be? If somebody actually developed a game where Thomas was originally like a human being and like he did some like That's wild so shit. Worse. That's so much worse. He did shit in like the middle age and then he was cursed by a sorceress during the industrial age or some shit. But those those eras don't line up, but we'll just go with it for the moment. Um, yeah, sure. 
mm-hmm. and then was cursed to be a locomotive. And that is the origin story for Thomas the Engine. And that now is... he's the the children's Sir character. Sir Tabum had has cursed love. a long line of humans and turned them into to locomotives. I was gonna say, yeah, the bad guy is Sir Topham Hatt. I mean, you 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 have Thomas there. You have Lightning McQueen in there. JJ the jet plane. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I gotta be honest. With, oh, the brave little toaster. Huh? They delved into appliances. I would I would play the listen, guys. As stupid as that sounds, if somebody slated like we're doing a prequel to the origin stories of Thomas the. Thomas the Engine, like Lightning McQueen, all these stories, and it was like a something like we're describing right now, not exactly. Would you not want to play the fuck out of that because you'd be super? I would be interested. Yeah, yeah. To find out how the Cars universe is actually our universe, somehow, right? Right. Find out exactly how that curse was started. Yeah, my God. I was actually I was watching (laughs) I was watching this uh British game show like a clip of it, and there's this uh person who was having to answer all these pixar questions was this self-proclaimed pixar expert and one of the questions was on cars 3 and i was like there's a cars 3 i had forgotten there was a third one i knew there was a second one but i've forgotten there was a third one two is the one disney wants you to forget yeah two is the one you wish you could forget i never saw the second there's a graphic murder of a car in that show that they just have for kids Beginning of the oh, movie, good. they just graphically kill a car right there. Like, these things are supposedly alive. Cool. And, yeah, like, like five minutes in, and the kids are screaming, terrified. They just oh. watched a man die. And then the movie continues, and, and there are a bunch of, you know, redneck jokes and whatnot. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah. All that and more happens on Trails of Cold Steel. The prequel to Lightning McQueen and Thomas the Engine. None, 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 none of that happens. <laughs> well, it should. God damn it! Oh, no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're kind of delving into those games after talking about it with Ray. I like delving more into them, I should say rather. So, more anime. Yeah, yeah shit absolutely. And it, it's never it, bad. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, like, again, it is like that anime writing that, like, it is what it is, and it's like egregiously like poor it sometimes but it's a series that doesn't forget itself in ways i really like when you'll see like party members and stuff from past games pop up in future events of the series and it's it they've built a really cool world and i'm uh there, there's a bunch of games from that series that never made their way over to the u.s that they recently announced are finally coming here mm. uh so i'm excited to check those out uh it's a it's a cool thing it is a cool um lesser known in terms of the scope of like a final fantasy or something like that uh series of jrpgs mm, okay cool that's that sounds interesting it's probably not on the high high end of my list but anybody who likes anime games i'm sure either knows about these games or is interested at this point especially with our uh our talk about all the trains and whatnot <laughs> i feel like that's really selling it here guys we're doing it we're nailing it People should hire us to do these kind of things. Should. Anyways, let's talk about Ender Lilies. Uh, this is a game that Josh had briefly talked about last week. Um, we had mentioned it a few weeks ago, wanting to get into the game because it, we'd been reading about how interesting it is being a Metroidvania game that's Souls-like as well. 
And um, I had mentioned to Josh that I was probably going to pick it up, prompting Josh to pick it up, which he did. We, he talked about it last week, and I've finally been able to play it this week. And Rich, I'm pretty sure you put some time in as well, yeah? I have not. Okay, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> Anyways, I did buy um, it, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, hey, that's half the battle. Yeah. So, um, basically what this game is about is, and Josh kind of talked about it, I'm just going to do a really quick recap. You play as a character called the White Priestess, and you are wandering through this kind of dark world, uh, purifying these souls that have been afflicted by this deadly virus disease kind of thing, all uh, pandemic, except it turns them into nightmarish creatures. Closer um, to a raccoon city sort of virus. Yes. Yeah. The fun kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not similar to like a virus that turns people into asshole conspiracy theorists. Like not, nothing, nothing as close to real life. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so you, you kind of wander around and you find these various uh, abominations and you, you kill a lot of them, you purify some of them. And Josh said last week, he had mentioned this, it is very, very lore-based. You find a lot of find a lot of documents in the world and you read and it kind of gives more context about who this white priestess is, how she fits in this world, what some of these other creatures in this world are doing. Because as you purify some of these creatures, uh, their spirits will help you. Um, and that in turn gives you abilities that you can use throughout the game. And it's, it's really fascinating. I really like that, um, that aspect of how you get abilities. I think a lot of games, obviously, you just go buy power-ups or you happen across them or there's some kind of story-driven way you learn these power-ups. But in this game, it's you purify these abominations, these, ver- these various abominations. You can't purify every single abomination, but it's um, specific and then these spirits choose to help you by give, lending you one of their abilities. I really like that, Josh. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, but it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool aspect. Like, they're using the world building to, in effect, give you abilities. I really like that. Yeah. It's, uh, I mentioned, I think I mentioned, who knows? I, I can't remember what was in chat and, and whatnot, but it's mm. similar-ish to something that some of the, like, that Castlevania has done where like, I mean, obviously like narratively different, but like where you'll, you know, fight a fight an enemy and then they'll, you know, give you an ability that's similar to something that they do um, along those lines that you can equip to use. I just like that Alucard left all his powers at his dad's house. That's my preferred story. (laughs) I Um, left my ability to transform into a wolf at dad's place. Yeah, exactly. And the, uh, um, it's got it's got a really good feel to it. They they do a good job of having a lot of them. Um, most of them are just like combat ability type things, and you can kind of pick them based off of your preferred playstyle with that. And then also mm. a lot of them will be just like power up type abilities, essentially just modifying your your kit all the time instead of something you equip. Um, for combat stuff like you know double jumps and uh, making your making your dodge uh, better uh, that are uh, uh, 
they use them in a very similar way to to a Metroid game. We're like, okay, well now I've got the ice beam. I can go up on all these doors. Um, but none of that is like signposted on the map or whatnot. So there's a whole lot more of like remembering where you saw something. Like, oh, I think I can jump up there now. Um, yes. Which is, I think, a good and a bad thing. I mean, this, this is something Agreed. Hollow Knight did. Something Hollow Knight did where none of it's like really signposted. Like, okay, now you can go here now. Um, which I like from a just game feel standpoint. Like, oh yeah, you've got to remember this stuff. It's 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 an extra part of how the game plays. But if you don't for if you don't remember something, you can end up wandering around trying to figure out where you're where you're able to go now. Um, so yep. like it's 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 I, a double edged sort of a mechanic. Um, I that's exactly what I wanted to talk about next. You you brought me up to my next point perfectly. I love on the map. Um, so you, you have three different like plays. You can have the map completely off your screen. Uh, you right click on the joystick. It brings up a little, uh, the smaller version of the map on the right hand upper side of the screen, or you press it again and your full screen becomes the map. One thing I really like about the map is if you are missing something in an area, you haven't completed the area, the area is blue. Mm -hmm. And if you have completed everything in that area, um, like you've gotten all the items and whatnot, you've cleared all the bosses. It's like this shade of red-ish, reddish-pinkish. Um, and also it has like a little glowing red dot on various areas if there's a next part of the map that you haven't explored yet. You haven't figured out how to get to the next area, then it gives you those little red dots. So you're not completely yeah, it'll, it'll in the dark you... about where to go next. However... Yes. However, to Josh's point, if you don't remember certain things or you don't know how to get past certain parts, you're fucking stuck. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. Um, <laughs> I just cleared some bosses and I can't figure out where to go next. And uh, what I'm doing is I'm fast traveling between these various benches or places where you rest, trying to figure out where I can go next. Like I go to this one area and it says, oh, this area is locked off. Okay, I go to this other area where it's showing a glowing red dot. And um, I can't reach that area because I it's too lofty. Like my double jump and my my dive ability aren't enough for me to reach that area. So right now I'm trying to figure out where to go. And one of the abilities I just got was to go underwater, to be able to go underwater and attack things underwater. So I've been doing a lot, backtracking a lot, doing those sequences, picking up some uh, missing items that I missed, going to some new areas that I wasn't able to previously access but i'm still struggling to figure out where to go next so um it's a good thing and it's a bad thing like i really enjoy the aspect of kind of like backtracking to figure out what to do next i like that in these style of games a lot obviously uh josh and i both being huge fans of the ori's and uh hollow knight and shovel knight all shovel knight less so actually but i, I don't know why i mentioned that game but <laughs> some of those style of games it's but, fucked up how you throw shovel knight under the i know a piece <laughs> of shit. but i awesome. i i really enjoy that but right now being stuck where i'm at it's it's a little bit frustrating i've been stuck for a little bit longer than i expected yeah. to be so it, it can be it can be yeah and i will say that yeah it it's uh it does a, uh, early on in the game, you kind of get to a spot where there's two paths you can go down and there's a lot to explore down both of them. Yep. Um, and so you end up 
I, I specifically remember this spot because there is a spot where it's kind of tough to find the one power up you need to to move on. Um, kind of tough. It's not like anyway. We'll have but, to talk about that off the air. But anyway, like it takes long enough to find it that by the time I found it, I, I, I'd been looking around for so long, I didn't remember where to go now that I had this power up because it was just like, there's just, I had explored so much for the last little bit and it was kind of a, uh, it only had really happened the one time that I, that I can think of, um, mm, at which point you're, you're like, it, it, I don't know. It may have been just, you know, me at that point, because I knew to take more mental maps of places as I went through. So it could have just been yeah. that I learned from the you one have... time that it was so brutal. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I kind of I, I, I hit something similar to what you were describing as well. Yeah. And it's it's not the end of the world. Like, I don't know how much of it is the game and how much of it is me. So I'm not going to dog on the game for that that might just be my fault and not the game's fault at this point i haven't determined that for myself um yeah but one thing i do, do want to mention is this is where the souls like comparisons are coming from and josh you mentioned this a little bit last week are the boss fights and i am really loving the boss fights like there are many bosses that give you some kind of smaller abilities after you purify the spirits and then there are some clear bigger boss fights and um they're awesome. They're really awesome. I just recently did the one. I beat it yesterday morning. Um, it's the one with the the abomination that shoots many different types mm. of projectiles at you. And in its final form, it turns into a spider-like creature that will warp and attack you. That boss fight was so fucking awesome. It was difficult as shit. Uh, it was making me angry, but it also made me want to beat it. And so... I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying the boss fights, but they also are very Souls-like um, in some regards. In some regards. So. Um, yeah, like, uh, I think they do a good job with the bosses. They've got, um, depending on how difficult the boss is, and some of them, some of them will have multiple health bars, but most of them will have, just like when you get them down to thirds, they'll change phases. Most of the bosses have three phases at least yes um where the, yeah like you're saying where things will drastically change up once you've whittled it whittled away enough of their health um which i think is good for you know having a boss be tough but not feel like you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again um mm. it just it it works like they're not the toughest bosses in the world but they're they're some of them are pretty tough um and it, it is. It is a satisfying combat system, and I think the bosses highlight it the best. Um, like, I don't know about the best. Like, even just exploring around, just the, just the normal enemies around each area are, you know, they're still satisfying to fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the boss fights a lot. Um, the abilities are really great in the game. I haven't listened to as much of the music because obviously I've been playing on the train a lot, but what little I've heard of the music has been phenomenal. Um, I'm loving the mm -hmm. lore building. It's, it's not overwhelming. It's not too dense. And there are some FMVs that kind of put you into the, the vibe that yeah. they're going for this, which I really like as well. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, any time you've uh, 
finish a boss fight for like one of the major uh like uh you know critical yeah, path, one of the major critical bosses. path bosses uh, they will have like a you know I, I guess FMV, like anyway, like a cutscene kind of explaining wh- what this person was like before they got corrupted by the blight and everything um, to give you a lot of backstory. Uh, I talked about this last week about how most of it is like lore based stuff instead of the main story. Um, this game actually does kind of loop back around and have a lot of the lore be. It ends up being related to your actual story the the story you're on right now instead of just just being lore like a lot of the souls games mm. end up being like other other than you know like the kind of the the very very uh broad strokes like okay this is what you're actually here to do uh type stuff um a lot of the lore that seems more distant ends up by the time you're done with the game having more context directly to you which i think is kind of neat um, kind of making you, if you're paying attention to it, care about the lore more and more as the drops go on because you're directly connected to them. And like, yep. I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying a lot of the lore that they're putting in there. It, it's really interesting. The last thing I really want to say about the game, we talked about it last week because i had asked you about it you and i had both mentioned that we were concerned about how stiff the game looked from the trailers it's felt anything but stiff um to me i mean it's it's not as something as fluid as something like ori but i think i think hollow knight obviously is a little bit stiffer than ori ori is super fluid hollow knight is a little bit stiffer and i think for me that this game feels about on par with something in terms of hollow knight in term in terms of being how stiff or fluid it is. It's not that it, stiff uh, at all. It becomes more flexible as you go. Um, that too. Because, again, like I, meant, I mentioned the better dodge. When you start out, your dodge is basically just kind of falling over in one direction to get out yeah. of the way. Um, and, like, the game feels so much better once you just get, like, a, a you know... It's, it's kind of... It's somewhere between dodge and, you know, like a Castlevania backdash sort of a feel to it. Like, it's it's just, it. the game, by the time you get to the end, feels really satisfying. But it, it is, at the beginning, it's a little stiff. They, they keep a lot of stuff away from you. Like, the parry in the game is, they're, they're optional abilities. Um, mm. um, right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I... I... I, I haven't felt like it's super stiff. I've really enjoyed um, the the exploration and the combat and all the mechanics that surround it. I definitely feel like some of the power-ups are less useful than others. Very much so. Like I think there's a, a little bit there of a discrepancy in terms of how useful some of those power-ups are. But then again, that might just also be more my playing style. I'm not sure. But definitely some of them feel yeah. less useful. There's, there's some overlap. There's, yeah, there's... there's an overlap, and one thing I actually just realized, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, is maybe certain ones yeah. are more useful at different parts of the game as well, and that's one thing I've been cons- trying to consider as well and keep an open mind about. Yes, I generally, um, like you have two action bars that you can swap between whenever, and uh, 
like I generally try to keep some amount of ranged stuff on one of them. Same. And just because it's like occasionally it's useful. Um Yeah. So yeah, a lot a lot of it's just kind of really situational stuff and you'll you'll kind of use the same abilities a lot. Yeah, I've I've really been impressed with how many ranged abilities there are cuz as of right now I've encountered 3 of them and they all are very different. They all are extremely different and I've used them all a lot because I I'm usually playing some form of a ranged character when I play a video game and uh I found different purposes and uses for them and now I'm kind of stuck on one of them but yeah, I I've I enjoy how many different kinds of abilities they are and how they're they're tied in. So overall, I'd say I'm really enjoying this game a lot more than I thought I would so far. Obviously, I haven't beaten it. Josh has beaten it at this point. I'm hoping to have beaten it by the time the uh next week and that way we can vaguely talk about the 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 ending and hopefully at that point Rich will have had more time in the game himself or had any time, time in the game all. rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's been a really fun game. I've been enjoying my time with it. So, um, if you're a fan of Metroidvania games, you're a fan of like the Ori's or the Hollow Knights, uh, anything in that, um, realm or in that genre, definitely check this game out. I, I can't recommend this game enough. It's been really enjoyable so far. So, uh, mm-hmm. next we're going to go to something that Josh has been playing called Weaving Tides. Not sure what this is, Josh. What is Weaving Tides? Uh, Weaving Tides is a game I was interested in mostly from the art style, and it is, as the name would suggest, a, a game where you weave things like the tides, whole, tides, other things. Uh, like the whole world is kind of set on essentially just looks like cross stitch fabric. Um, yeah, and, I'm looking at images right now. That's exactly what it looks like. And you're controlling this, like, flying manta ray dragon thing that's that, that you ride on, and you can kind of dive down through the fibers and then back up and actually weave things. Limbs. And I'll there are puzzles and light combat. Well, most of the combat is light. They have like bosses, but they're kind of Zelda-ish bosses where like figure out what you're supposed to do is is the it's actual. It's more of a puzzle than a yes. boss, yeah. Um, that that it's it was like just just the 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 idea of it seems so unique that I'm like, okay, let's let's see what this thing is about. Yeah, I just pulled up its Steam page. It's got it's got a look. It yeah, it's very very unique. Um, and it seems like they're kind of they're really going with that. Okay, this this game is about weaving with to the extent where when you turn the game on, you can just one of the options is to just pull up a big sheet of blank uh cross stitch or or I don't, like fabric to weave on and you can just make patterns mm. and you can export those designs and whatnot. Um like there's they they kind of they are leaning into that allow you to be creative sort of a a feeling to the game overall um whereas like the campaign of it is kind of like i said it's 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 zelda e adjacent there aren't really the same items and whatnot you're always weaving to do stuff um but it's kind of that you know light exploration light action 
type of yeah, adventure game cool. deal. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It is a very relaxing sort of thing. I I'm I'm worried that because there's not a lot of like I was saying new mechanics to get that it could end up getting a little repetitive, but we'll we'll see. Um I I've, I've been enjoying everything I've done so far and I'm let me look four-ish hours. Let me I'm just going to check. 5 hours. I played 5 hours of it, so apparently it's not repetitive enough for me to drop it before 5 hours. So um well, if, if for anyone out there who's counting. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh it's a weird metric. Anyway, um <laughs> yeah, I I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. It does seem like it's fairly light. Kind of a breezy experience to it so i don't i, I wouldn't expect yeah, like it's... a hardcore adventure game from that but it works for what it's it got is a lot of cool vibes it's got a lot of um and i i speak from expert knowledge and experience <laughs> of watching a trailer for one minute and 30 seconds um it's got a lot of influence in the game it looks like it has a little bit it, it reminds me a little bit of spyro in terms of you are a human in this world of dragons even though Spyro himself is a dragon, but it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Uh, aesthetically, <laughs> yeah. it looks a little bit like Journey. It looks like something very, very adjacent from that game company that would develop. Um, has yeah. like, it has a lot of influences there, and I think that they're from my from what little again what little I saw. It looks like they're wearing their influences on their sleeve, which I really appreciate. Um, it looks really fun, actually. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like something that would have been developed for like the game boy advance um, yeah just honestly like in terms of not not throwing not like, everything at the wall it, well yeah well that and like just in terms of the gameplay itself it looks similar to something that would have come out for game boy advance but mm-hmm. visually it looks so much better than something that would have come out on there it just reminds me a lot of like game boy advance games that i used to play so but it looks yeah, really no, I, I fun that, that game looks awesome <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm not. I'm not throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> I'm glad. I there's something somewhat could founded be if you there, wanted to. That's cool. I could, but I'm not gonna. Not today, sport. Did. Anyways, um, the last game that. Well, did you want to say anything else before I move on, Josh? Sorry, want to check. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Rub a dub dub. Yeah, I think we're good. I think I hit all my points. Let's jump into the last game. Notes, Who ordered the poo-poo platter? Uh, no, let's talk about the last game that Josh played, which is called The Chameleon. Um, which, Rich, so do you have any, any jokes about <laughs> that before Josh gets into it? No, I don't think so. Okay. I just, I want to be, I want to be able to offer something for everybody here. I know you haven't been talking about games the past few times, so I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity. I'm very, I'm very, I appreciate that. I'm very excited to hear about this game though, because it is so fucking weird, and I'm glad you stormed the whole thing so you can tell me whether or not I should spend ten dollars on it, Josh. Um, I mean, short answer, yes. If if you kind of look at the trailer and kind of dig that aesthetic, dig that general gameplay, PS One game aesthetic. Yeah, like that. Yeah, PS One, uh, like low poly. It it is a. <laughs> It is a game set in like an alternate 70s um, 
looking P like PS one looking sort of stealth game. Um, with superpowers, with superpowers. It's kind of, kind of, I guess kind of in the same vein as like the, um, as like carry on, um, where you're playing as the monster in a movie. Um, but like, you're not, not as strong as the monster in that one where, you know, you're basically the thing in that one. Um, it's, it is. The whole thing is set, um, in like a self-contained, uh, think, think again, going back to PS1, something, think, think something like MGS1, like it's not on that scale, but as far as like, as you explore, you can continue to explore everything. So like, as you get more of this compound, you're exploring the whole thing all at once. Um, there's not a lot of backtracking that you, you do, you know, like you get to new areas, sneak through new stuff and whatnot. Uh, but it is all a self-contained big thing that you're sneaking through essentially. Um, I don't even know, like, open world's not right, but that's, it, it, that sort of feeling to it. Um, that has, like, like we said before, this is a stealth game, but it is the chameleon because your power will let you uh, change what you look like to look like one of the guards. So instead of, like, just sneaking, you can sneak, you can kind of crouch down, hide behind pillars and whatnot. If you need to get through an open area, you can just morph to look like one of the guards and just you know strut through there um to get by um enemies this has a very short time window at the beginning that you kind of you upgrade it as you go and gets longer and longer uh with the kind of the caveat that anytime you knock out one of the guards uh you're locked out of transforming for a pretty good chunk of time um i don't don't know 10 seconds or so um so it is a pretty big risk to knock somebody out um like it it is it ends up feeling i I don't even know how to describe this like i was gonna say it feels kind of arcadey like original mgs1 but it's it's not even that it feels way more simulation based it's it's there's there's not even a good comparison um honestly to what it is it, it's, it's its own sort of thing with this alternate 70s vibe to it i'm doing a horrible job with this i don't know why i'm having such a hard time with this game it's i don't want to spoil stuff because it is a short game this is it's a short yeah. ten dollar game and i feel like there's a lot of context that just kind of spoils it and it's it's something you can should experience for yourself um like it is it is not a frustrating stealth game they're they are good with checkpoints um to to the point where um like if you do knock out guards and then are caught you don't have a checkpoint it's more like you respawn back at an area before and that guard will continue to be knocked out um so like if you're having a really hard time you could theoretically die over and over again and just knock out a guard at a time so like they're it's 
you'll get through it is kind of my you point there. You can brute there. force it if you have yes, to. Yes, if you have to, but you can also, if you really know what you're doing, just sneak through everything. Um, a side effect that I kind of like of it being a big single single area is not even the right world. God damn it, man. Um, like, like systems. Fucking Christ. It's too hot. Just it's relax, too hot, man. man. It's okay. Just relax. No, it's, it's too it's okay. fucking hot. It's like mid-80s and my brain is shutting down here. Um, I, I hate the heat. Um, but um, anyway, get back to what I was saying. There, um, because everything's kind of interconnected, there is an element of exploration as well to like find different secrets throughout. Like it's... Um, Every time you get to a new area, you don't have a map in your menu, but it's it's like a you know government facility or whatever. So there are you know emergency exit maps on all the walls and stuff that you can kind of look at and uh, figure out where you are and where you want to go. And it's it's generally pretty obvious. Get to the exit. Your your goal is to yeah. escape. Your goal is is to get out of this government facility. Is to escape all this stuff. Um, There'll generally be a couple steps along the way with that, but there's also some more exploration you can do. Sneak past some guys, get some extra backstory if you want. Type, you know, see what's going on in the in this facility. Sort of a vibe to it. Mm. Um, okay. And and even with all of that, it is still a like sit down, explore absolutely everything beat the whole game in one sitting sort of a sort of a game. play as tom Selleck. yeah yeah you, yeah you look an awful lot like tom Selleck. um as this uh that's the uh your your default humanoid state there that you you know before you transform into the guards you look you look like tom like, Selleck it, with a it, like a, it, it, it a hawaiian looks like, shirt it looks like they stole the character design from like some defunct ps1 miami vice game that never existed yeah there's and it's like really bright colors. Um, they do a cool thing that I really like where while, like I mentioned before, like if you punch somebody and your, your abilities are on cooldown, or even if you just run out the meter, so you can't use your, your chameleon ability. Um, mm. you don't, you don't need to like watch meters super closely. Um, <laughs> because your Hawaiian shirt and well, all of you will just drain of color and you'll just be this gray. <laughs> Um, have a you know, gray Hawaiian shirt instead of a really bright colored one, and it just it. Uh, That's weird. Like everything kind of works together. It's like it's kind of you kind of make the whole thing feel like, um, just like a you know cohesive little, uh, movie stealth. I don't, I, you know, experience. Experience is probably the best way to describe this because it does. It sounds like sounds weird and awesome at the same time it sounds like more than a game in some ways it's real life it's more than a game <laughs> I, it's no, a metaphor it's, it's still very gamey it's very much a game kind of like i mean and it leans into that with the whole you know ps1 aesthetic and whatnot but yeah yeah but it's a metaphor when you're when your hawaiian shirt goes gray what does that say about real life rich not much. Should use non-chlorine oh. bleach. Oh, okay. yeah, that's is that true. what that is? That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, interesting. That's that's a wild <laughs> ass 
game thing that you played. Interesting. And you said it's only a few hours long? Sorry, you broke up there. What was that? I said it's only a few hours long? Yes, it is. Sorry. Looking up times here. You're good. Yeah, it's about two and a half hours long, even to explore everything and, and find all the stuff. It is, a, like I was saying, it's a, it's a single sitting sort of experience. Dope. Yeah, that sounds fun. $10, two and a half hours to $10. see gray Hawaiian shirts. What more could you want? We're going to take one more quick commercial break. We have finished our game talk. Josh needs to get his temperature down. I need to go to the bathroom. Rich needs to probably go order some Little Caesars pizza to be hot and ready <laughs> no. for when he goes to pick it up. Order he, he Little, Caesar's Little Caesars pizza. pizza. No. Is that the ultimate form of, like, shame? If you order Little Caesars through Uber Eats? Yes, to ha- that have it, it is. To you? Ordering Little Caesars pizza. Because the whole point is that it is hot and ready. You don't order yeah. it. You just walk you in just there and walk grab in it. And give a man five dollars, and then you leave. If with if you pizza. know ahead of time that you need enough of that pizza that they won't have enough there, you can order it. You can absolutely order a Little Caesars pizza, but it means you planned ahead to get Little Caesars pizza. I'm gonna be honest He's- with you guys. Maybe maybe it's a controversial statement. Maybe it's a hot take. I would punch a baby frog for some crazy bread right now. I love that crazy bread. So I guess I could have said a tadpole. I know. I know, Josh. Um, okay. I could, have, I could punch a tadpole for some crazy bread. I love that. Is that a euphemism? No, I really want some fucking crazy bread. I love that shit. Yeah. I know it's just uh, butter yeah. and Parmesan cheese and not fully cooked dough, but I still fucking want some. Yeah. Honestly, it's not terrible. Like it's not pizza, but it's not terrible. Like their their oh their listen, food I'm is not, fine. I'm not it is, you it's, it's better than most gas station food. Like if if the you know if you're at a gas station and there's a little Caesars next door, you can either get the stuff that's been sitting under one warmer, you know, for the last two weeks, or the one that's only been there for the last two days. So you go to Little, little go. Caesars. Like it's, hot it's and ready. Yeah. It's it's really not that bad. It's just I would never go there specifically because I had a pizza craving. You go there, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you do if you have like five dollars. Well, I don't know how much it is now. It's probably six dollars now, but um, if you have like not a lot of money to your oh name yeah, for like the like, five dollar pepperoni, you just yeah yeah just walk out with it. Yeah, you, it's like you, the McDonald's you have a craving of pizza. For pizza, but you're like ah, I don't want to cook. I don't you know, and I don't want to break the bank. Mm-hmm. I want something that'll fill me up halfway and then you just polish off a large pepperoni pizza. But anyways, enough about this. Enough about this. (laughs) We're going to take one more quick commercial break and we will be back with the social media stuff. Don't go anywhere. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to the chomp cast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering Hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering, what else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, 
If you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. All right, we are back. Don't fret. We have some social media stuff to get to. Every Tuesday at Swordchomp on the Instagram, you too can vote on the polls. And your votes matter as we read the results here live-ish. And we discuss them as they're very exciting for us. So the first thing that I posted was uh, the concept art for what Big Daddies supposedly look like underneath their helmets. Have you guys seen that picture? I have. Mm-hmm. I got some DMs saying, please remove this immediately. Because <laughs> <laughs> some people were horrified. It didn't really bother me that much. I was like, huh, all right, cool. But some people, it really bothered them. I was surprised. I think it's neat. So. I do too. I always like that stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, let's get into the actual polls. So Ghostwire Tokyo was delayed until early 2022. The company is trying to keep safe amidst more issues with COVID. And for people that don't know, uh, in Japan, we're still having issues with uh, COVID right now. The vaccine rollout has been very, very slow. Um, for instance, some, some, uh, professions are getting their employees vaccinated. Others are not. And it all depends on the company. It depends on the prefecture, depends on the area. I still haven't received my card to even schedule my vaccine yet. And, um, I've been patiently waiting to get it. And even if I get the card, I probably won't be able to get it until September. So on top of that, there are mm. cases rising in Tokyo, which I'm sure people have heard at this point. Uh, Tokyo is in a its fourth state of emergency on the eve of the Olympics. So, I mean, th- there are a lot of small issues here right now. And this company, the one who's doing Ghostwire Tokyo, is Japan-based, and they were concerned about their employees and concerned about crunch time and all that stuff. So they said, you know what? Let's do the smart and safe thing. Let's delay it until early 2022. Um, which is why I did this poll and the choices were be safe or where's my game. 90% of our fans said be safe. And that honestly made me so fucking happy to hear that and read that. So mm-hmm. can't, can't yeah. ask for, well, you can I guess you can ask for better results, but that was a pretty damn good percentage, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, could have been better, uh, but I'm happy. It's frustrating how slow the rollout has been there, but yeah, I'm 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 glad that there are people still taking precautions and yeah, trying trying to stop this from being worse than it has to be. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a game. It's it's a game. Like I understand it's you know people have need to make money from it but yeah it, it i'm it's it's good they're you know trying to take care of their people yeah yeah exactly exactly uh the next poll which uh 
I've been really eager to talk about this with you guys. We haven't talked about it much. I said, okay, collecting is getting out of hand. Gaming is starting to turn into a luxury hobby again. And the reason why I posted that is because, as I'm sure you guys have seen, the Super Mario 64 sealed copy sold for 1560000 US dollars. That blew my fucking mind. That blew my fucking mind. As it should. That, uh... I think there's some money laundering going on there. Yeah, I, 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 I do actually think the same thing. Um, because, uh, like, this is hot on the heels of that Zelda cart, which made sense given the rarity of it. But, like, they made so many copies of this game. Like, this is... this, The cartridge that just sold should not have been close to that price. No, I yeah. don't think so. Not, not, not... Like orders of magnitude, several orders of magnitude less than what it sold for. Pop, pop. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't hoping, know either. But I'm hoping we don't see this trend in that direction, and it's just like impossible to track down old games unless you, you know, sail well, the seas. It's getting, well, even that's not helping. Like, Tokyo has been picked clean, is my understanding. And, like, that stuff is, now that they've realized that the internet work, it works and, uh, like. I was talking about sailing some other seas. Well, that's a different. <laughs> that, 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 that's a different. Well, uh, yes, I understand what you're saying, Josh. But what I mean is, like, I think we're already kind of there where yeah. it's getting harder to get uh, the original hardware and software in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But this is like just like Josh is saying, orders of magnitude more. So the choices oh, yeah. were going on there. Jesus yeah, fucking Christ, not which 62% of people voted for that. And 38% of people voted for get that bag, which uh, I'm all for people getting money as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Uh, but yeah, 1 million, so 1.5 million for that game. That's a damn good game, but I don't know if it's worth a million dollars. So, and I like, I was talking about it with one of my friends, uh, one, one of our friends, uh, Ivan, who was on the show last month, messaged me about it, about it and was like, think about how all that money could have went to something more useful and beneficial. And I was like, yeah, like a exactly. Charizard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. That would have benefited everybody. Uh, the mm -hmm. next poll, true or false? When people argue with you about games you like, telling you why it's bad, it only makes you like the game more. And of course, 79% of people said true, and 21% of people said false. Uh, the reason why I posted this is because I've been thinking recently, um, we, and this is not to dog anyone, we, uh, we, there are a few people in our Discord who are very, like, I want to say stalwart is probably not entirely the right word. They're very, very into their opinions of certain games and they will not hear anything else. And I think that's people in general with a lot of things. Like if someone were to try and tell me, uh, like, uh, here's why I think people shouldn't be vaccinated. I would fucking be like, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to flinch when it comes to my opinion on that. Unless I see scientific studies, you know, obviously that's two totally different topics, two totally different levels of um what's at stake here but i i don't know for me like generally when people just i don't know gex try and tell me business. Is, 
apparently 1.5 million dollars but no when people try and tell me certain games are bad and they don't give me good reasons i like i i obviously am unwilling to listen and if somebody's like i think objectively this game is not as good just for these reasons i do think it's not a bad game but i do think that like there are other games like this that do it better like if somebody were to tell me like shining force is a terrible game because the sega genesis was a shitty system i'm gonna be like suck my dick but if someone's like you know, <laughs> Shining Force is a decently fun game, but I think that it has issues for this reason, this this reason, and this reason. I think that uh, Fire Emblem does this a little bit better. Then I'm going to be like, you know what? Maybe objectively, objectively, you're right, and I'm not going to disagree with you. I still think Shining Force is my favorite game, but I do think that like it objectively does a few things bad that it could have done better. You know, like I'm I'm willing to be open minded to some degree. I feel yeah. like uh, there there are some people who just will not hear any criticism of something that they love when it comes to gaming. And uh, to be honest with you, those people annoy the fucking shit out of me. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, I was thinking about that the past week or so, and I was like, I'm going to do a poll on it. Like, it's tangential, but interesting. I've been grabbing a bunch of old PS1 games um, because I just grabbed a Vita. And since they didn't take the store down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fill this thing up with a bunch of old games because it's the easiest way to get a hold of a lot of those old games. And just out of morbid curiosity, I decided to look up some reviews for some of these old things. Um, And it's really interesting how certain games were reviewed. I was was looking at, it was was Wild Arms 2, and it didn't get really good reviews because it, didn't innovate enough and the graphics should look much better like we've seen other games go from one to the next and the graphics look so much better and in hindsight this far ahead they're all ps1 games and it's just a strange you know thing to care about but like it mattered to someone at the time well reviewing was also very different and a lot more analytical back then and it, it, it was that that whole the process was a different beast yeah yeah i just i, I it's, it's interesting because like i'm curious how many like reviews would change in retrospect kind of I, I it, it's interesting like it, it i know my own opinions of a lot of those old games have changed after going back to them years later for for better and worse yeah uh, but it's, it's always interesting, but but on that same note, I think I'm always better at changing my own opinion than anybody else is. Um, yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah, and like kind of to your previous point about reviews, I think, yeah, they were more analytical, and I think they were more... Honestly, I think they were more informative and interesting, you know, even like 10 years ago than they are I nowadays. I, I was... What? I disagree with that. Well, I here's why. Like, um, I was actually looking at a review of an album that just came out uh, from a band that hasn't released an album in 10 years. And I'm going to read all these. And granted, gaming journalism is different versus other journalism. I'm talking specifically about game reviews. Okay. Well, I'm just using my example here. And I'll try my best to correlate. And then I'll let you disagree with it. Because that's perfectly okay. Um, <laughs> and the al- the I read three different album reviews on this one album. And it was just, it was so fucking bare bones. And it was like, 
I, I appreciate what the reviewers were going for, but they were like, you know, when I was a kid, I struggled with depression. And, um, you know, this album got me through a lot. That's why I give this album an 8 out of 10. And it's like these semi-popular publications. And I was like, how is this a review of the album? I was like, this has nothing to do with the, like, the, the, the technicality of anything that's going on with this album, the song arrangement. It's like, I struggled, therefore this album gets an 8 out of 10 because it helped me with my struggle, which, I mean, there's a time and a place for those kind of things, but not in, like, official capacity album reviews. And I've seen that kind of shit not to as egregious of a degree in game reviews as of late, and I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like game reviews just aren't as informative to me nowadays. Like, I was reading a lot of game reviews with, like, Biomutant as I was writing my own review of that. Um to kind of see what people, what their thoughts were and how it kind of connected with mine, not to have it influence my writing, but to kind of see how other people felt about it. And it was just, it was so fucking lazy. Like the reviews that I read were just lazy as shit. And a lot of it was like, I didn't like how the game has a repetitive nature. And it's like, that's subjective. Like you're not even acknowledging the fact that some people might find this repetitive, other people might not. Like, you're not framing it in an objective way, you're framing it in a, I don't like this, and it's like, I don't fucking know this guy, so why should I give a shit that he found it repetitive? And that's what I've been finding a lot in gaming journalism recently, is like, taking anecdotal evidence and applying it to an actual review. So, that's my big issue with a lot of journal journalism lately, is a lot of this anecdotal bullshit. Sorry, go ahead, Rich. Off my soapbox. Everything you just said is why I think reviews are better now. Um, <laughs> I, it used to be a very flat, like this runs better. This looks better. And those things are still important, but uh, this didn't innovate enough or change anything from the last game. And now it is a lot more opinion based, which I feel personally is more valuable. Um, especially at like personality driven outlets and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not, I'm I'm not that's 100% a knock I would have put for Biomutant as well by the way that it is super fucking repetitive. Well, I mean, I that's an opinion. That's not that's not I, something I'd like cor- I'd say that's fact. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree, but uh we that's not what we're here to talk about. Um what I will say is this. I think that when it comes to a review if you're going to have something where it's more subjective and it's more opinion-based, I think there's a place for that. Segment it off properly. I don't like the reviews that try and weave in objectivity and subjectivity together because that, that doesn't flow. It doesn't flow properly, especially, and you know this more than I do as an, as an editor, or the editor, I should say, Rich, is that one of the big issues that can happen with a lot of people who aren't skilled enough with writing and i'm not saying i'm skilled with this at all i'm i'm just saying that this is a big thing is the way you section off different things the way you transition and flow into other topics and aspects is such a big thing and if you're trying to talk about something objectively and then you reinforce that with your own opinion i don't think that works now if you're going to talk about something in a review like you're talking about something like biomutant and the first half of your review is objective and then you make the second half of your review subjective. I like that format, but not a lot of people do that. They weave the two together and it, it doesn't work. 
I think it does work though, and it, it it's it, it's strange how you said all those things about reviews that were facts, and then went right into your opinion about how they don't work together. Uh, I don't I don't know how that how that how that works, Shay. The, the fact of the matter is there there are elements of games that are harder to be purely objective about. Like you can't be purely objective about a story. There's no one is going to 100% agree this is a good story. 100% agree this is a bad story. Uh, whether or not a story works for you is can very much come down to a personal level. Uh, same thing with uh, certain way mechanics play out. Mechanics might mesh better with one person over another. Subjectivity is a a big part of reviews. And yeah, I, it, it pains I agree. not. It's just how you section them off. Well, I mean, I don't section it off from objective and subjective. I section it off from what part of the game we're talking about. And there are certain things you can be 100% objective about things and certain things that are entirely opinion-based. Well, I mean, I, can, I think that can even work in, like, different paragraphs. So, for example, if I'm talking about in a game how there are a lot of glitches and whatnot, like, I'm not going to say I hated this game because of the glitches and then the glitches, this and this and this and happened, and this happened to me, therefore I think it's a shitty game. That's not how you frame it. You'd And you know this as well. You'd frame it as, like, this game has a lot of glitches which are currently being worked on. These are the things that um, a lot of people can encounter and I encountered. Um, I didn't particularly have an issue with it, but other people may. Like, even in that paragraph, I'm talking about the objective stuff first and getting into the subjective stuff second, which I it think... It sounds like you just don't like it when people don't well. know what is subjective, which, yeah, is a big problem. That has nothing to do with where it is it's just that a lot of people have no idea when they're being subjective yeah maybe i don't know i just i like i like a review to give me like the information the basic information first as to why i should give a shit about this game and then someone goes into why they personally give a shit about the game is for me more beneficial because i like, for example, reading about uh, Ender Lilies before I picked it up, I read a few reviews and I watched some videos on it. And some people said, uh, like, they talked about the basic stuff of the game. And they said, if you're a fan of this game, this and th this game and this game, then you might like this. And then they started getting into the more subjective stuff, which I appreciated. So um, I don't know. That's just how I feel. Maybe we're different. But let's move on. Let's move on. Um, we have a few more shorter polls to get to really quickly. Um, I said, has collecting trophies and achievements been important for you this year? Uh, it's been a little bit more important for me this year than in recent years. Uh, 46% of people said, yep, love them. And 54% of people said, nah, dude. So I think this one's pretty easy and simplistic. I've been more focused on trophies this year, um, than I have in, in the past few years. Have you guys been focused on, on them more or not as much? little bit when i care enough about a game it gives me a reason to keep going back and that that's kind of where my relationship with the men's like if i'm really enjoying a game it's an, going for them is an excuse to keep playing um i don't know i've not noticed a big difference this year um about the same i think um I don't know. I did get a few, like, like just 100%ed games this year that I, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have in the past. I don't know. 
it's hard to tell, but I, I don't feel like it's like it's it's not a significant shift, if anything. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't a know nudge. if it's just, I just because it's been a slower year that I've been able to put more time into gaming the games that I like recently, I felt like I could spend more time with the games that I've been enjoying. So maybe that's why it is the case for me. Who knows? So, um, next one, this is very, very easy one. Did you ever play this interesting horror game? And it's a picture of nightmare creatures for the N64. It also came out for the PS one. 33% of people said, hell yeah. And 67% of people said, what's this? And I actually got a few DMS from people being like, Oh yeah, these games are awesome. And talking with me about them. Uh, they were kind of, I wouldn't say they were quite Resident Evil-esque. I think they were kind of in its own sub-horror genre. Uh, they were incredibly difficult games, and you had to fight all these abominations like werewolves, zombies, and uh, un undefinable creatures as well. I, I thought it was a really fun game. I enjoyed it as a child. It definitely doesn't hold up now, but did you guys play that game back in the day? Uh, I played a little creatures. bit of it. It wasn't some, I, I, I had touched it. It might have been more of like a demo situation or something back in the day because I don't think I owned it, but I do have mm. some light memories of the, that series. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I ever got a, I don't think I did. don't think I ever played any of that. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really fun game. I still think about it from time to time. I wish they would make some kind of like, whether it's a remake or they would add a new game to that uh that series because they were really fun games and there was a lot there that they could do with it but it is what it is uh two more quick polls that we're going to run through and then we'll get out of here are you the type of person who likes to check out new music or are you the type of person who sticks to the music you know and love 73 percent of people said diversity is awesome like they like to check out new things 27% of people said stay with the same. And then, of course, I got a few DMs saying, like, I'm both. And I'm like, yeah, so am I. But I, I identify more in the diversi diversity category, you know. Um, I love checking out new music, and I've been trying to do that more this year. So um, yeah. I, are you guys pretty into, like, checking out new music, or are you guys more like the stick-to-what-you-know kind of thing? I try to. It's, it's hard to find time occasionally, but I, I try to be. Uh, a little bit more into stuff. Um, hmm. I don't, probably about 50-50. I, uh, I don't know. I probably listen, I'm sure I, like, just time-wise, I'm sure I listen more to stuff that I've listened to, just, you know, just because. It feels like 50-50, but I'm sure it's nowhere close to that. Um, like, in actuality. Um, but, yeah. Try to, try to keep up on some new stuff. I'm not not so much like you know. I probably wouldn't recognize most of the stuff on like a top forty station right now, just because mm. I I don't keep up on that at all. Because I just I don't give a fuck about being in the know with twelve year olds right now. But there's still good music being put out. This this idea that you know no no music is good. I I don't think is valid. But, like, the popularity contest type stuff, I don't think is where you find the best music either. So. I agree. I agree. I, I think some of the popular music is awesome, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. There, there's, still, there's still good stuff in there. But that's, like, that's not my go-to to find new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, I, bet I told you guys about this. Um, I hope you guys 
do it. Check out Genesis Owusu. He is a, an Australian artist. I've recently been listening to him. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just showed my dad, showed it, him to my dad, loved it. There's this band called Really From that I just discovered from a YouTube video a few weeks ago. They mix emo music with jazz. It's really fucking good. And um, I've been listening. I told you guys about this, a band called Hiatus Coyote, which is this also this like this uh, gypsy jazz. I don't know. It's like, it's it's a I've been listening to a lot of like genre mashups lately and been finding some really cool artists. So I love finding new music. Yeah. The last last poll that I'm going to do. Uh, that we or that we did rather i said recently i've been more and more interested in the prospect of working remotely as a permanent position um it's it's really fascinating to me to kind of be my own boss and work at my own speed and do what i want to work on and i said does that prospect seem enticing to you as in the uh voters 79 percent of people said that's the dream and 21 percent of people said i like people too much um i we had one of our listeners and good buddies reach out and say Um, he's, a he works in the emergency services, um, emergency medical services. And he says he loves helping people that he couldn't, um, that if Mm. he couldn't do that, he wouldn't, you know, feel fulfilled in his life. So respect to him for doing that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those, those type of people save countless others lives. So respect to them. But do you guys like get excited at the prospect of working remotely as a full-time kind of thing or not so much? Oh yeah, I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I Yes. Like there's I really like running live sound and there's no doing that remotely. You need to be there to to understand a room. Um and that's something that, you know, I'm going to love to go back to once I'm able. But like Outside of very specific things, I, I'd much rather just do it from home when possible. Like, work on my own time, get stuff done that needs to be done when I want to, instead of, you know, that, you know, yeah. office type environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's something appealing to me. Like, my dream, one of my dreams right now, and I'm going to make it happen, whether it's, you know, next year or 10 years or 30 years from now, I want to buy a boat. I want to live on a boat and I want to work from that boat. And I just want to fucking one day, if I'm like, I don't want to work, I'm going to throw in some scuba diving gear and just dive into the ocean and go scuba diving. And that's my dream right there. So mm-hmm. I love scuba diving. I love the ocean. I love the mountains a lot. Live your I life I with the- a porpoise. Purpose. <laughs> That's right. One day I'll be the be the biggest star fish of the sea. Mm-hmm. But um anyways, that's going to do it for uh the polls. Again, if you want to vote on those uh every Tuesday at Sorechomp on the Instagram, you can vote and we love reading the the results. Uh that's the end of the show. Um I, a few back end things. Uh head over to sorechomp.com where you can figure out how to support us. We have multiple podcasts there we're about to release a new episode for the patrons of chomping after dark we did lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring the extended edition rich and i sat down and did that yesterday i'm going to be getting that edited and put on the patreon very soon uh, speaking of patreon if you head over to patreon.com slash sword chomp 
you can check out all of the amazing tiers that we have there to figure out how to support us. We are a completely listener supported and funded show. Any amount of money you contribute goes right back into the show, making it better and making more content for you guys. It means the world to us. All the patrons that we have, we love and appreciate. And um, if you're interested in helping us out as we continue to grow and make new things and explore new ventures, head over there and figure out how you can support us if you are interested in that. Um, Also on our site, we have a new, like a revamped section. It's no longer reviews. It's uh, more like articles and whatnot. We have brought on our good buddy, um, Ray, 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 Ray. I got it. I wanted to make sure. Sorry. I'm, Immediately as I said that, because I'm playing uh, basketball here in a bit with somebody named Jay, and I was like, fuck, is it, is it Jay or is it Ray? <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that I had the, the proper name correctly. Anyways, we have our buddy Jay. He just wrote a new article. Um, I just wrote a Biomutant bio review very late, I know. Rich is going to be putting that up here in a few days, um, making sure I didn't make any egregious mistakes. But we have all sorts of editorial stuff going up. It's going to be more lively there, so head over there, check it out. It's not just reviews anymore. Um, we have merch, um, awesome merch. You can over, head over to store.sorechomp.com as you heard from the commercial. Uh, you can check out that stuff. We have some really, really cool merch that, um, I'm really excited about. So head over there. And last but not least, if all of that is just so overwhelming for you, you're just like, fuckers, I'm just here to listen to video game talk. The best thing you can do for us uh, is just share with your friends, share with anybody you think that would be interested in checking out the show. I mentioned it the last few weeks. We are really close to hitting 10,000 concurrent subscribers. We will hit that at the end of this year at the very latest. We are going to do it. We can't do it without your help. Please help us reach that goal. It's been on our docket for years now. We want to reach it. Please help us get there. It would mean the world to us. Um, we want to just hit that as like a personal milestone, not because we're like trying to get more listeners because we're greedy or anything. We just want to hit a personal milestone and we want your help. Please help us. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here, Rich. Um, enjoy those 20 Little Caesars pizza throwings for the rats. Uh, Josh, hopefully you put some ice on that dick after uh, exploring that underwater city. And um, I was Shay, your host. I don't even think I introduced myself at the beginning of the show. <laughs> but um, I can't thank you so much for not. listening to us. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a long show. It's been a really fun show, a very hectic show. We will be back next week with another episode of the Chompcast. Be well, get vaccinated, stay safe, and we will catch you on the next one. Take care.